0: I'm hot tonight.
1: Everybody have fun tonight.
0: Everybody wang chung tonight.
2: what's up everybody welcome to the loot bros podcast i'm your host resident Darrell, and tonight i got the bearded nerd what's up zach what's going on everybody and then we got mr team nt 84 what's up joe yo yo so we are recording this in the like the backwards order you know we've already had our Excellent freaking interview! We're coming off hot from a great interview with Patrick Hickey Jr. talking WrestleQuest. Um, you know, anytime Kalai leaves the boys here, you know to 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 rule the roost, we're going to talk wrestling, and we just so happened to get a uh, very talented voice actor on the show to talk WrestleQuest. So that was a great, great interview. Can't wait to put that to the end of the show. So we want to do it right now.
0: everybody Wang Chung tonight. <laughs>
2: So What we want to do is kind of do the normal run of the show now, boys, so you guys got uh got your stuff so we can toast. Always. let's get her done. I got a fake banana. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you can toast with a fake banana <laughs> unless you put it in your bum, then it'll count when the you pull
0: out, I got no chocolate
2: when you pull it out, it's like and that could be your t- it'd be the cracking of your can. So <laughs> all right, this week's uh toast is going to go out to our Patreon producers. Uh, we got Redbeard Rick, my name is Mayo, we have MZ Nitro. That's right, Mr. Sardine pony to you. I had a brain fart cuz my mouse died. I was trying to click around and then uh I,
1: Don't I, don't, I, don't worry, CJ. Daryl's brain might be everywhere, but mine's not. I still love you. But-
2: There you go. All right. And then we also want to toast our guest this week, Mr. Patrick Hickey Jr., um, editor-in-chief of Legacy Comics and voice actor extraordinaire. He was a blast out on the show. Get that banana. There you go. It's actually weird. We don't typically record with the cameras on. But actually watching Zach slurp his drink while I'm slurping mine just kind of made it weird. It was like weird, this weird eye contact that we had going.
1: Well, no, it was. I, I think it was good because we were able to time it better. That was like the best time one we've had.
2: Oh, okay, cool. Oh, we're also joined by Spider Packs in the background. Say, what's up, buddy? Hello. Yeah. So Spider Packs dropped down here during the middle of the interview, and he's like, Dad, I just want to hang out with my sibling. I was like, son, I'm not your sibling. I'm your dad. He goes, yeah, you're my dad's sibling. <laughs> So, all right, guys, we're gonna get into the normal business. But before we do that, check out all of the social stuff. If you listen to the podcast and you like what you hear, check out Loot Bros Podcast Instagram. We're posting all kinds of cool pictures of the games and stuff we buy. Check out the Discord. We've had more people jumping into the Discord, slowly but surely. But in the show notes will be the link tree links. Definitely click on it. Join the Discord. Get in the fun conversation. We got a great group over there. And we also have a Facebook group. Facebook slash groups dot whatever Loot Bros Podcast. Just join in um, and check it out. Also, be sure to leave a five-star review on either Spotify Or Apple, iTunes, get those reviews in because, guys, that's making a huge difference in the numbers and the things that we're seeing. I was telling you guys beforehand, we did have a big increase um, with people giving us the old five star, and it makes a huge difference on how many, uh, what our numbers are each week. It's crazy. So, and we got some new reviews in, and uh, those have been awesome. Yeah. Are you
0: reading one on the show tonight?
2: Uh, you know what, Joe? I can definitely do that. I will definitely read the latest iTunes reviews. Now, somebody wrote into to me. I'm not going to say who it was. And they said they left us a nice, funny review. And it never came over. So, um, if you have left a review on the iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, double-check and make sure it actually, actually went through. So, uh, Malika Kalihana says fantastic show uh daryl is amazing i mean you don't have to say anything else after that that's basically all the review you need uh joe's love of the switch keeps me coming back and zach makes me laugh all the time uh but man that girl kalai is the bomb Hmm. hmm not bad not a bad review um the ps gamer guru wrote in and said my favorite podcast says this is a great podcast week after week they make me laugh i also agree very much with daryl's take on batman batfleck is the best keep up the great work look at that i'm not even joking
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i I smell some bs on that review Uh, who who wrote that um, who'd, you pay, who, who'd you pay to write that or what like alias name did you write that under
2: don't you worry about that one big boy and then we got one from the dude bro Lutski. uh a great show five stars great show super funny so yes definitely very awesome very very awesome so be leaving those reviews it makes a huge difference man i'm telling you like if uh like, you guys just don't understand. It puts our show out in front of other people, and we greatly, greatly appreciate that. And then, uh, so what we're doing, I announced this in the Discord and in the Facebook group. We've got a new merch store. All right, it's the storefrontier.com slash the Loot Bros. Uh, if you go to it, we've got new shirts. We've got a brand new Loot Bros podcast shirt with a brand new Loot Bros podcast logo. And we have a brand new Loot Bros comic cast shirt with a new comic cast logo. Uh, both of those shirts are available for $15 each. And I have the shirts marked down as low as they would allow me to go. If I could have made them $10 each, I would have made them $10 each, but uh, literally not making any money off of it. But we don't just offer shirts. Uh, if you click through the little drop down to see what type of product you want, we've got uh, baseball shirts, uh, tie dye shirts. Did you guys see the tie dye shirts? They look pretty snazzy. Like I was yeah, like, oh, pretty man. Cool. I'm not a tie dye person, but I was like, that's actually pretty dope um you can get loot bros koozies definitely got some koozies on the way man those are those are <laughs> awesome so um but you can get baseball shirts koozies you can get joggers loot bros joggers so i don't know if you guys like the old tight sweatpants but they're definitely you, on there a bunch of cool stuff
1: you can even get loot bros tank tops for all your working out and gym needs you that's right hey, that's what right. i'm listening to while i'm at the gym
2: that's right. When you're getting your pump and you get that iron, you get it all going, getting swolt and all that good stuff. So, yeah. So, what I decided to do was I'm going to give out one free T-shirt, maybe two, maybe 10. Who knows? Definitely at least one and some koozies and some stickers, all that good stuff. Uh, when we get to 100 re- either reviews or five stars. Now, why do you say 100? In the past, you've been doing giveaways or you were doing um, different things for every 10. Um, when we got rid of the red Loot Rose feed and we were left with the current feed, we lost close to 50 reviews, right? It was like 47 or 49 reviews, okay? And that makes a huge difference whenever you are looking for placement on the charts and all that good stuff, right? So the more reviews we get, the more plays we get, the more engagement we get, the higher we move up the um, the, the charts. and makes us more visible. It's not about being number one. It's just about being in a in a position where people can see the show and they'll check the show out. We got a nice snazzy new logo, so we want people to look at it and go, oh, that's really cool. Maybe these guys know a thing or two about games. Um, so what I'm going to do is between the two platforms, Spotify and um, iTunes, for all you Google Play listeners, CastBox listeners, Podbean listeners, I'm sorry, I can't really monitor the other ones all that well. But if we get to a 100- hundred reviews slash stars between the platforms every single person that writes in or screenshots or sends that to me is getting added to this document that we have and we'll do a giveaway or three or four we're gonna do multiple giveaways i don't know i'm a i'm a fairly generous person so i might do multiple giveaways we're definitely gonna give some loot bros swag away as a way of saying thank you because the more you guys do it the more people see us does that sound good sounds lovely Oh my gosh, you just blew my eardrum straight out of my bottom. So, with that being said, Joe, why don't you tell us what you've been playing?
0: Uh, a lot of things this week. Not a lot of PlayStation, really. Take a little break, but I've played a shit ton of uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse. Uh, what are you Play- playing it on? Uh, PlayStation Now, actually. Okay. I'm um, I'm enjoying it. Like I'm pretty much done with this game. I got sixty six percent of the trophies. Thirty four out of forty four trophies. I may go back and get the plat on this. There you I may go. do it. I may do it because I'm only missing ten trophies, and I think I'm about to get like three more right now when I beat the game. But do it. it it's a pretty fun game. It's your basic, you know, werewolf game where you just fuck shit up. Your nice. basic werewolf game. But like, a we've had, wolf like,
1: like we've had a bunch of those
0: yeah i know i saw uh, you know you know well it's if we did have game. a lot of werewolf games i assume it would be like this one <laughs> yeah so all right so you play this guy and he can turn into a werewolf so he's what a, a lichen, i guess yep Because right that's a human that can turn into a world what a Lycan. Yep. so he's a lichen, and like his tribe there's some stuff going on Ms. try I don't want to spoil the game because like if I tell you any of the story, it just spoils it. Like really it does.
2: Yeah, it's not not a ton of story there, so
0: no. So but what I'm loving it because the werewolf combat is pretty sick. Like you can run around as
3: I'm
0: loving it. You can run around as a werewolf, and you can just like straight like just murder murder people. Murder, death kill. And <laughs> 187. Yep. And then the enemies can shoot like these um silver bullets basically and what happens when you get shot with a silver bullet is it fills up your health bar like silver like i guess like silver and then you can't get that health back but you can get all your health up to that point back so if they shoot you enough those guys like you can't heal so it's it's kind of annoying but at the same time it's challenging and i'm just i'm just liking the game a lot like i've i've beat like half of it today and like half of it in another sitting like two weekends ago they're going just beat this all in like two sittings and it takes a lot for me to sit down and just keep playing through a game. But like this game just captivated me in a way, like a game hasn't captivated me in a while because it reminds me of those old school, um, kind of like license games where it was all just about the combat yep. and like the yep. fun than it was the actual story. So it's like, it takes one of those games and shoves it in like a nonsensical story that I can care about just enough to get me through the story. But also like the combat's just so good, I could just skip all the story if I didn't want to listen to it. But yep. I'm li- I'm liking what I'm playing. I'm honestly gonna try and do a little more of a deep dive review when I finish it. Maybe go back and watch some cutscenes again, because half the time I'm not paying attention. Cause you know how it is. You, as a gamer trying to multitask, listen to podcasts while you're gaming, doing all these kind of crazy things why you should just be paying attention to gamer playing. But I can't do that. I have I have hardcore ADHD to the point where like if like a bird flew by my window, I'd be like, Oh shit, bird. <laughs> so oh, squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah. hi there. Uh, hi there so there's that what else oh Daryl so I played this sick ass um, roguelike game it's on PS4 Switch Xbox Game Pass and Playstation now and it's on Nintendo Switch and it's only $6 right now on Nintendo Switch it's called Fury Unleashed and this game is absolutely it's like Contra meets like Hades meets like Dead Cells and this okay. game is so freaking good so you drop in it it's kind of like Contra, you drop in the jungle and you start shooting shit up but it's a roguelike so every time you die every time you kill things you get like these energy cells and then you trade them in to upgrade your guy but you level up too so like you level up you get stronger and you replay the chapters and you fight the bosses it's like really deep and i i bought it i bought i got it for free on playstation now but then i went and bought it on switch Oh,
3: that's where, okay. that's where I like to.
0: That's where I like to play my roguelikes because it's just there an easy go. game to pick up and play. And I, I recommend it. It's called Fury Unleashed. Fun stuff. Nice, nice. Like and, and, I've and seen, yeah, I I've seen it. I'm Oh it's wow.
2: It's op okay.
0: and it's co-op. So it's a co-op roguelike. So it's really cool. I'm definitely. I'm definitely gonna play more. Um, what else? Do I play. I played this. I played Lego more, a little bit more. Lego City Undercover. That's nice. Just fun. Fun stuff. it's you know. Legos. You keep going. Yeah, it's Legos. You know. Been shipping away at 2k 22 i'm 44 percent done with the trophies so i'm getting there that's mostly all in like the first two days of game it came out though so <laughs> yeah <laughs> like trophy yeah. progress is kind of hard at this point because now it's all like i feel like i could get mm-hmm. a lot if i if i started my rise i'd probably get a bunch of them done in like one night but i still haven't even touched my rise yet i've been so i've been playing my universe so much that i haven't even touched my rise like, Corey and I started um, our own universe where we started, like, messed around with, like, we downloaded all these video game characters, Daryl, to yep. start our own federation. And it was really funny, because, like, it, we had a Royal Rumble, and we, and on, we did it on um, Twitch. We didn't do it on Twitch. We should have. No, no, I think we did do it on Twitch. And we, we, uh, we did a 30-man rumble with, like, Batman. Uh, no, it was all video game characters, so it was, like, Sonic was in it. Yeah. And, like, chris redfield was in there punching people in the face <laughs> and then we did a women a six woman or eight woman ladder match and the match was like an hour and 30 minutes long dude
2: that's awesome and it just went
0: for and the game and Corey was like cory's like i'm not even a wrestling fan but i can watch this all night and commentate because the game is just so fluid he's like yeah. this game just plays so well like and just like a little bit of history about me and playing wrestling games after I finished like unlocking everything in a wrestling game when I was a kid, all I did was like take out my notebook and like make like match it match logs. Like you know those like black uh composition notebooks that you would get for class? Like the little like ones that were like the yay big. Oh yeah. The little white ones with like you would color in the front front of it with pen. Like the well- I've got a whole those, pack yes. of these and yeah. a whole stack of those Those, those ones. M- yeah. Mortgage notes right here, baby. Yeah, your mortgage <laughs> notebooks. So, like, I would yeah. fill those. I would do four pa- front and back, two pages front and back. And then, this, the, it would be like two pages with like Raw, then your SmackDown, then your Sunday Night Heat. And then the last page on the second page would be my pay per view. And I do a pay per view like every four events. And I would fill, I fill these marble notebooks like to like every, like, Cause I would play SmackDown. My favorite one to do it with was SmackDown, um, two, know your role. Cause the game was just so fast and arcade. Ah, that, that was compu- a good game. So when you play like computer versus computer, the matches were like super competitive and anybody could win. So it was like crazy, but I would, I would go back and forth. And then as I got older, I got like super intricate with it. I made like exp- Excel spreadsheets. And like, I don't know if you guys ever watch this old show. It's called like WMAC masters. It was, it was on like Fox. We're like, it was like Mortal Kombat mixed with like martial arts, and every time the guys won a match, they would get like the pendant of the guy they beat, and they put it in this belt. And once you got ten pendants, you went to fight the guy in the arena for the title. So I did that with with uh oh, one of the true. one of the raw games where like every time you beat a wrestler, you would get their pendant, and then once you beat ten of them, you got to challenge whoever the champ was at the time. And I had one champ that was champ for like a whole composition book because you just never lost. Like, Dude, that's awesome. Eh, and I I'd still do that to this day. Like I still still sit and simulate matches. Like I did it for, I looked on my, like, cause like, you know, it's funny when you buy your PS five, you can see how long you played some of your PS four games. And it like, just really opens you up to how like a much of a nerd you are and how much, <laughs> life you wait, yeah. how much life you wasted on this console. But like, I think like one of the Smackdown or one of the WWE 2k games or one of the WWE games, I think it was like 2k 15 or 16. I put like 560 hours in that game. And I was God. <laughs> it's like that's a lot it's funny because like when i get the first thing my friends and i do is when we get the new WWE games when we used to have our wrestling podcast which is what i did before i did video game podcasting i had a show called wrestle dork radio with my friends if that's i can cool, find man. the episodes i will say it was my friend came up with it so if i can ever find the episodes i'll send them to you because they're they're fucking hilarious because it's funny because i'm like i'm like the uh the really negative guy wow what a, what a surprise I'm the negative. I'm the, I'm, the ne- I'm the negative one. But I predict. I I predicted how bad WWE is going to be like five years ago, like six years ago, seven years ago. Like I said, all this was going to happen. Like and all yeah. they keep spoon feeding us all this garbage, and like people keep eating it and eating it, and they're like, mm, tastes so good. Let's keep it up. And I was like, no, this is going to be the downfall of them, and they're not going to be able to recover from this. And I was right. And my friends to this day are like, man, you were really right on the show. We used to give you so much shit for being so negative. I was like, well. I don't really have anything to negative. You need to find
2: those uh, episodes, and we'll put them on Patreon.
0: Oh my god, they're so funny, dude! Yep, like, we did one dude. about the Hall of Fame, and there's one where my friend like curses me out so bad that like we had to cut the feed and like cut the episode because he just got so pissed at what I was saying, he just <laughs> took it like too far personally and started like saying things you can't say in a podcast. And I was like, whoa, 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 we need to mm-hmm. cut, and so we cut the feed. And we, and we kicked him out of our show. It was insane, Daryl. We
2: need that. We, we can, that's all oh, fair. God. All that oh, stuff's fair God. on Patreon. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. So I was like, oh, shit, man. So I've been playing that. Um, I almost done with Dynasty Warriors 7 for PS3. Um, like I said, I'm going to go back and play all those. Dynasty Warriors 8 was on sale the other day on the Switch, and I almost bought it. But I was like, I have too many of those yeah. games to play. And the Fire Emblem one comes out for Switch next month. And then that's going to own my life. So. And there's some like Japanese like uh, waifu slash muso game coming out out this month. And CJ CJ was talking to me about the other day. And I was like, dude, this is like totally us. It's not only is it like a waifu simulator like dating sim thing but it's also a Muso game on top of it like what the fuck I was like this game looks insane and
1: I was like it's $60 I was like you, you know what I hear you know what I hear I hear a bunch of you not playing them pledge games that's what I hear <laughs> so my next game play,
0: <laughs> fuck you to you so the next game,
1: so I
0: actually played some um need for speed payback and now we will come to Joe's rand of the week
2: there we go uh,
0: let me let me let me fix my mic and sit back. Uh. <laughs> this game is so much fun, but f- seriously, fuck the drifting. the uh The dirt levels are so fucking annoying. I can't <laughs> I can't say it enough how much pain these levels bring me. That I played this one dirt race like seventy eight times because I kept like marking check marks on my peeps paper. I was like, how many times have I got to play this level before I actually beat it? Like the cars handle so shitty on the dirt levels that I'm like, what the fuck am I playing? Like the game up to this point was like so good, and I was like, I love it. I like the story's not bad. It's not the greatest. they never they never really are. Like one of my favorite Need for Speed stories, which is terrible, is the run. The run is just so bad. It's good. There's the one where like you run cross country. That was such <laughs> a good game. It was bad, and I was like, this game. The story is serviceable. But like, man, like the car mechanics are great until you get to the dirt sequences. And I'm like, these dirt races suck ass. Like who was like, oh, yeah, let's make this great game. And then let's put these fucking dirt races in the middle of it just to (laughs) to slow your progress down. I was like, who thought of this? Like, who was like, oh, man, this, you know, be great in this game, dirt races, because you know what? Everybody wants to, you know, all these fast and furious guys, they want dirt races in their games. No, no, we don't. We don't at all. So I played a little bit of that, and then I opened up and quickly closed Bloodborne because I was like, no, no. <laughs> I forgot you got to play that one. I'm not not ready for this right now. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Bloodborne's probably one of the hardest ones out of all the Soulsborne games because I feel like even with like Demon Souls, and even 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 Elden Ring, I found Elden Ring to be more palatable. And I love Bloodborne; it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like the challenge in that, and the challenge in Elden Ring are like two different levels. Like Elden Ring is like I feel like when I die, it's because I'm just not powerful enough, or I made a mistake. In Bloodborne, I feel like I die because it's cheap bullshit. Yep, I agree. And I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, I did beat Father Grass going on my second try. So like, like Me you, too. Darryl, like you, Daryl, yeah, 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 like you, Daryl. I'm not. I'm not. No. 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 I'm no slouch. Yeah, no slouch. Yeah. No slouch. No putts at this game. Like I. I pretty much. I know my way around some souls games. I have played a lot of them. I never beat one though. So I think like uh, this is a real big challenge for me is to finally put one down. Like I've I've gotten far in a lot of them. Just never finished them because I felt like you know. I don't know. I never want to finish these fucking things. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I
2: would say I would say I'd join in and play with you, but I'm just gonna make it worse for you because I suck at that game. Which is crazy because Father Gascoigne, everybody says, is like super hard. I beat him a second try. It took me eight hours to beat the first balls. Eight freaking hours. It
0: took me a few tries to beat the first one. I think it took me like maybe eight or nine tries. But like once I got like the dodging down of like his foot stomps, I was like, all right, you're done. Yeah. You're done. And
2: then I remember the guy, there's a guy that's like seven or eight bosses away from you. He has this cage on his head. Oh my gosh, dude. He killed me. A hundred times, easy.
0: Well, honestly, like I'm, I'm having a blast playing the pledge games because I'm actually like taking notes while I play them, so I can actually like talk about them more in depth. Because yep. I think that's what people want; they want their super loop bros, episode, their super loop bros, deep dives out that's of these right. things. Yep. And I have to say, thank you for for you know pledging, guys. It's, it's a real pleasure to play games for you guys. And it, it is a pain in the ass. Don't get me wrong, because it takes me away from the things I absolutely want to play. But it also introduces me to a lot of things I probably never would have touched or. Oh Hunter to- yeah, It forces me to play games that I actually want to play that I just put on the back burner.
1: Yeah, like I, I would, I, 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 I don't think I would have ever come back to like Sleeping Dogs as it being an older, like slightly Dude, older that game, game. Is fucking or,
0: masterpiece,
1: or, uh, or or even the Outer Worlds because I, you know, I I downloaded it before and I was kind of like on the fence about playing it and I was like, yeah, do I really want to play like a short RPG that's had kind of mixed signals? So when you're playing Sleeping Dogs. Cause you bought you have, what did you have the definitive edition? Yeah, I got it for four dollars and fifty cents on G two A.
0: Nice. Yep. When you get to a certain point in the game, you can go to a secret island.
1: Go to the secret island. Daryl, you okay. I'm, 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 I'm guessing you're I'm not, not at I'm not at the secret island. So, so
0: when you get to the secret island, the game turns into a Mortal Kombat clone. It's one of the DLCs. Uh, and basically, you fight a Mortal Kombat style tournament in the what? game. And it's yeah. fucking cool because it's okay. all like voice acted and story done. And it's yes. oh, so fucking cool. It's dope. And so, I ac- accidentally stumbled there trying to beat the game. Like, I, I awesome. just like followed a marker and I was like, oh, this is a marker for the next story. No marker for the DLC. Oops. Yep. And then it like cut to this like crazy cinematic. And I was like, oh, Okay. Or maybe it was a menu option and I clicked on it. I don't remember. I was fucking around one night with the game and I did something. Rob Van Dam, RVD, the whole effing show.
2: That's right. One of the greatest well, that, ever did. It. So, jo- uh, Josh, jeez, um, Zach and I are both pledged to play uh, Sleeping Dogs. Oh, we're doing a
0: super deep dive on that. I fucking love that game.
2: The goal is by the end of May, all right, to to finish that one up. So,
0: yep. and, and guys, honestly, we'll eventually give you your episode on Dark pictures anthologies house Abby, yeah. We <laughs> yeah well eventually I, I, we'll, I'll, I'll eventually I think october is a good time for that maybe we'll no. wait till october yeah, actually, okay no okay. Actually, actually
1: actually i like that idea we could do kind of like because it does have those yeah. horror elements to it i do like i mean that i'm sure we'll cool. fucking have
0: a deep dive for fucking uh the other one by then the core. I mean, we'll probably have yeah. that done in, in the month it comes out because yeah. i i am dedicating my life to that game the day yes, it comes out yes i cannot wait Dude.
2: Decori has a like a cinematic mode where you can just watch the game play out without any decisions being made. Be I think I game. might do that first. I, I've never I, that would be so awesome. I would just watch it, just sit back and watch it like a movie.
0: Uh, I'm I can't wait to play that game. I can't wait to play that, and I want to. I think I'm going to do an anniversary. Well, not an anniversary stream, but I think I'm going to do a, a stream of all of the games leading up to the release of that one. I think I'm going to do every single one, but I want to do them. I might do them for uh, extra life. For like a, well, no. Oh, I beat the game. Let's go. Plus two. Oh, dang.
3: <laughs> trophy. Trophy. That's oh, shit. So, I
0: gotta fucking take a picture of the credits. Damn.
3: Yeah, that's right. We're <laughs> <going> out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Right now. Right, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, so. Hey,
1: Zach, <laughs> Zach, Zach Housen says get to the point, Housen.
0: Yeah. Hookhausen's going to be the greatest tag team ever. Hookhausen's going to be great. Alright, uh, real quick. What's better? Uh, Ezekiel
2: and his imaginary brother Elias or Dan no, Housen? No.
0: Uh, I don't know, Elias. man. That's that. That's really- some
2: good stuff, dude.
0: Kevin Owens just sells that so well, man. Like, oh, if yeah. we want to take a break and talk about this, Monday Night Raw is absolutely hilarious, just because of <laughs> Kevin Owens every week.
4: He's a liar. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: he posted a picture of him doing like a stinger splash, and he was like, "Man, these are the things me and my brother Elias used to talk about. Like, we just can't believe that this kind of stuff's finally happening." And no,
1: the way he, legitimately- he just talks
2: about. I'm sorry, go ahead. The way he talks about his brother on social media is hilarious. His yeah, 110%. He's, yeah, because he's,
1: he's, he's actually posted a picture of them together, and you can yeah, clearly tell like, that it was photoshopped. photoshopped. It's like <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I, love he, I love it, dude. It's so good. Did you see that they want to bring in Damien Sandow to play Elias?
2: Yeah, I saw that there's a petition That's a rumor.
0: Yeah, there's a petition, and like they really want to bring in Damian Sandow to play Elias,
3: Dude, dude how because amazing they think
0: be. oh, it would be so good, ridiculous. Because <laughs> then they can prove Kevin Owens wrong. See <laughs> Damn Ezekiel, they have like a meltdown in the middle of the ring.
2: Uh, <laughs> he would sell it too. He would totally
0: stone cold face, like just like yeah, of course I'm Elias. So, update live on the show. I did just finish Werewolf Apocalypse. Nice. Just running through the game and not trying not trying to get too many trophies. I got 79% of the trophies. 37, mm. 37 trophies out of 44. That's, that's nice. A, that's a that's good damn, that's a good haul. Good. That's a good haul. That's a huge haul. That's like a That's almost a level. Be. It's almost a level right yeah. there.
2: It so, should always I I I I strongly believe that beating the game should be 50% to to 75% of your trophies. You should always have to do something afterwards. Or do something strategically, you know what I'm saying, to get that last little bit of cleanup. But yeah, I, I think that these games only give you like 13% of the trophies for play. Like, what are you doing, man? Come on. Do better. Do better. What else you got, do Jay? Be-
4: do better. Do better.
0: Um, I finished the third chapter in, in uh, Ease 8, and I'm loving that RPG. I think it's like one of my favorite of all time now. I'm absolutely loving the characters. I'm loving where the story's going. And it's it's just taking so many twists and turns, and I don't know how long this game is. And it's like one of those things where like I don't even want to look up how long it is because I'm enjoying it so much. And now I'm like going through the game, and I'm methodically going like through each area on the map, and I'm trying to find all the treasures and um get all like the spawn points for all like the like the uh, uh, materials you can get to like craft different things. I got this fucking like or um or I don't know how to fucking pronounce it, but it's like dragon steel basically. And now I can make weapons that kill primordials, and I'm like, this is dope. Fuck shit up now, and like every time I progress in that game, it's just it's just so rewarding because like you get your ass kicked by enemy after enemy, and then all of a sudden you get like this better weapon, or you can craft this better thing, and it makes everything like so much. It's like progression, the way progression's supposed to be in a game, and not just from leveling up, and not just like over grinding. Even if you over grind this game, you don't get certain materials to craft certain things until you get far enough in the story so it still like holds your progress on how much damage you can do so even if you're leveling up you still it, you still don't feel you still don't still ever really feel overpowered i do feel like the only broken mechanic in the game is like if you do enough side missions and you collect enough like empty bottles you can like heal your you can make brew enough potions to make yourself pretty unstoppable because like if you can just keep healing yourself you, you're never gonna die that's like any game. Like if you, if you, if you have a limited life, basically there's no one can touch you. I dig it, man. I dig it. But yeah. I, I played a lot of fun stuff this week. Uh, Zach, how about you, man? Glad somebody did.
1: Um, I didn't, I haven't really played too terribly much. I've been working a lot the past two weeks. So, um, but I did, t- I did touch a little bit of vanquish. Uh, that's one of the games that I never got to play that I'm trying to go through. It's, it's, it's a, good uh, one. it's a nice little arcadey shooter with a, with a really simple, easy to follow story. Um, so I've been playing that. I'm currently playing uh, 2K22 right now, as as we speak. I downloaded a couple of characters, just something easy to play. Um, let's see, what else did I play this week? Oh, uh, Fortnite, no build. And when I have a little bit of time, because it's just quick and easy to play 30 minutes of Fortnite with a couple of buddies. Uh, I'm really enjoying no build. Um, it is a lot of fun. And, you know, it's just nice to sit back and kind of play a not a competitive battle royale with a couple of people and just be able to meme around. Uh, do do do, do I am going to be starting Resident. I actually loaded it up and booted it up. I'm uh, started Resident Evil, the first one. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna do the Jill storyline since you're gonna go back through. Yep. I think the Jill
0: storyline's the best one, honestly.
1: I do. I've, uh, so, so when I start, I, I I've started the game before. I started it when I owned it. Uh, we got it for free on PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Plus, like a couple mm-hmm. years ago. A couple years ago. So when I had PlayStation, I started it on that, and I started playing through uh, through through Chris's storyline, and then yeah. I, it was kind of it, it was okay. I wasn't I wasn't really super digging some of the stuff. Yeah, he
2: he gets two less inventory slots, so he, it's a little harder to play through. Chris now he can take more bites, and more hits than Jill, but um, okay. but yeah, it's a great game. Great game. Some would say,
3: stop! But, Don't but that
2: open is, that door. But that blood. is
1: all I have been playing. I hope
2: this isn't Chris's blood. <laughs> you were almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> Here. Take this, since you're the master of That's unlocking. Kind
3: of unlocking. <laughs> so <laughs> ridiculous. Wait, don't you need it, Barry? No, I have this.
2: <laughs> yeah. so you wouldn't know nothing about that, Zach. That's the OG resume right there.
1: Not yet. I'm getting there. Yeah, uh, but, Daryl, what have you been playing this week?
2: Oh, man. So the kids and I have been playing a little bit of the Resident Evil Resistance multiplayer game that came with Resident Evil 3 Remake. Uh, It's a 4v1 isometric or is it isometric when it's like that? Um, Asymmetric? It's asymmetric. When you have the mastermind and then you have the survivors, um, one bad guy kind of doing a bunch of the bad guy stuff with uh four randoms um, team-based objectives, all that good stuff. It's a fun game. It's a game. You really got to have a crew though. You need five players, one guy being a mastermind and four um, survivors. Uh, I've been playing that with the kids because of the way we have everything set up here. Quite enjoy it. Uh, don't know. I don't, I don't think with the kids, I'll be able to knock out all the trophies. So we're just kind of, uh, just kind of playing around a little bit here and there. If you play Dead by Daylight or Friday 13th or Predator, it's the same kind of gameplay as that, but Resident Evil. Um, but we we enjoy it. Uh, played a little bit more uh, Sleeping Dogs. Kind of chipping away at it. Uh, played, I'd say, the majority of what I played this week will be torn between two games. Uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm about nine and a half hours in now. I think I've gained about an hour this week, hour and a half. Um, Great game. Uh, Just it looks so good, dude. It just the game looks great. Um, going through some so far the combat system. Oh, oh, dude, I love the combat. I love it. It's it's simple. You know, it's like for the most part, everything you come in contact with is just like relax. Smash uh, Square. Then you'll get like a boss or something where you actually kind of have to play through your menus and use all of your different things. Um, so for what it requires of me, it's been perfect with me bouncing between both jobs. And I've been getting up early in the morning and playing. It's, I'm going to get up in the morning before church and play tomorrow. So uh, it's, it's, it's good. I'm enjoying it. it. It's one of those things that like when I'm tired, this game isn't requiring... It's not the last of us, you know what I'm saying it's It's not resident evil, it's not requiring a lot of my brain. It's like I can just function and even listen to a podcast if I wanted to until the next big cutscene, which there's a decent amount of. so um I haven't been listening to me podcaster in this game, but i just I enjoy it. Uh, it's a good fun game so and then the only I guess the last thing and the the only game I beat this week um is layers of fear uh blooper Team first person horror game kind of a haunted house uh I didn't love it like I actually was a little disappointed because uh, you know Team I really like the medium I like the, the what I've played at the Blair Witch I think they're great developers uh going back and playing Layers of Fear which is you know one of the games that kind of put them on the on the map for me on on my radar and the first Layers of Fear getting much better ratings than the second Layers of Fear I played through it, and dude, I probably fell asleep four different times at night, laying in the bed playing the game um it I just it didn't capture my attention. you're kind of going through these these hallways and everything's changing and going crazy, and there's lots of good jump scares I mean don't get me wrong it it can be tense, but you're essentially playing through these scenarios and finding these certain little objects to put together this painting of this woman, and when you I don't want to spoil the, the game because it all revolves around this painting. Um, but when it was all said and done, I was just like, okay, I beat it. Cool. I don't really feel anything for this game. Didn't really didn't really love it. It's got some charm, like it's got some jump scares, like I said. And as far as a first-person horror game, there's a lot of really cool things that happen visually, but there was also sections of the game that made me nauseous to play. Like the way that the rooms would spin around and just some of the overall motion, like t- the last 80% of the game, or excuse me, the last 20% of the game, when I got about 80%, the game actually started running kind of bad. Um, Had a little bit of frame rate issues, and it just, I caught myself getting but nauseous stupid. and then getting tired, which is not how you want to be when you play a game. Now, to be fair, <clears throat> sorry, I got a little bit of wheeze going on. Uh, To be fair, I've been playing really late at night after working both jobs. so. Yeah, I I can't say that I've given this game the best of my attention and the best of my energy. But it's a game that I've got downloaded in my bedroom, and was been, I've been playing through it. I got a bunch of these first person horror games downloaded, and I I just don't know. Maybe I'm not in the right right mind space for these these type of games. So I, I I didn't really didn't really, not, so I played that Akai game last week. Really dug it. Layers of fear this week? Not so much. So that's it for me. I mean, barely any trophies all week long. Uh, I'm I'm probably in last place on trophies, honestly. So uh Zach, you got our leaderboards pulled up?
1: Of course I do. Why would I not all have right. our leaderboards pulled all up? Right. Don't you ever disrespect me like that again? <laughs> um, all right, so we're gonna start on true trophies side. This week we got Redbeard Rick in first place with seventy three trophies coming oh, in In second place, we got the affectatious Donk himself with 53 trophies.
2: That's a low week, That's a low 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 week, He must have been sleeping this week.
1: uh, Nope, nope. Just wait. Just don't don't worry about it. Uh, In third place, we got Stink Palm with 20 trophies. There we go. In fourth place, Mr. TMNT84 himself with 14 trophies. And then tied for fifth, Hollow Madcap and Resident Daryl, each with 10 trophies.
2: Oof, 10 trophies, man. I've been disappointing you guys a lot lately with my trophies.
1: Well, you know what's great? He who who shall not be named is not in the top five this week, so we're good. (laughs) Just when Uh, you thought you were doing bad, he did worse. And, all right, so the I'm styling on you leaderboards. He has been dethroned this week, ladies and gentlemen. We
2: knew it was going to happen.
1: In first place, Mr. Sony Pony to you with 12,765 achievement
2: points. Oh, yes.
1: That's where they went. Uh, yeah, the Alpha really Sagel right. in second place with 4,445 achievement points. And let me tell you how close second and third are. In third place, 4,417. 28 achievement point difference between second and third. I'm wow. standing on you, bro. In third place. In fourth place, we got Satic with 4,200 achievement points. The Xbox leaderboard top four really brought it this week. And then in fifth place, GDI Master Race. And, th- and, and this is the worst part, with 60 achievement points. That jump okay. from fourth to fifth, from 4,000 to 60.
2: <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. So glad to see some competition on the Xbox side.
1: Oh, shout out li- to... Uh, Kalai, she uh, she actually made it on the leaderboard, the 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 true achievements leaderboard this week. She uh, she had five achievement points. She got one achievement Splunky two. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she she put her mouse and keyboard down and picked up a controller.
2: What I love is for the 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 resident um, Xbox player in the group. At least until Zach came along. She don't ever play no Xbox. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's all like, oh, I like Xbox better than PlayStation. Xbox better than PlayStation. I, I don't ever play it, but it's just better. So, very interesting. All right. So, the ex- we're going to end this segment, this section of the show, with our backlog beatdown. Uh, it's been a while since we've kind of introed the beatdown. So, guys, basically what we're doing is we're running a year-long event. We're coming up on the halfway point couple more weeks and it'll be halfway through the year. And so what we're doing is you beat games, you post screenshots in the groups, whether it be the Facebook group, the Backlog Beatdown group, or the Discord. Uh, and then, you know, we we add you to the spreadsheet. If you beat a game, you get a point if it was a 2022 uh, two game. If it was a 2021 game or before, you get two points. You know? the extra point for going for an older game. If you 100% are platinum the game, you get a third point. So uh basically anyone who has been participating now, like the top fifteen people have been really putting in work. Like we, we we've kinda weeded out. There's the the, the bottom half of the event has pretty much said the same for the past several weeks. That top fifteen, man, they're they're in it. I'm styling on you, bro, seventy nine points. So joker so what was funny was he didn't realize that like there was a one hour minimum on the games and so if you have he, the games had to be at least an hour long and he'd been doing a bunch of spam and a bunch of uh, you know like you know uh, reasonably um, underwhelming games to do this event that he, him and his girlfriend have been a part of and then he found out did you just fart oh okay <laughs> I, thought, I thought you <laughs> farted by me <laughs> Um, and then he found out that a lot of the games that he had would actually qualify. So uh yeah, definitely got a huge point dump. All right, CJ. is in second place with 57. Redbeard Rick coming on quick with 54. Uh, we got Diego with 51. I mean, that's a tight race right there, guys. That's any man's game. Uh, next we have uh, Gareth with 35, J.T. with 35. myself with 33. Uh, We got Zach Ledford at 17. Joe, you were at 16. Now we got to add those other two points. Wait, did Apocalypse come out this year or last year? Last year. Okay. So, tentatively, two points. So, you just passed Zach tentatively. So, he's um,
1: still got way more to upload to that he ha- He still hasn't uh, uploaded. He's, if he
2: ain't uploaded, it don't, it, it don't he's, count.
1: He's, he's, he's way ahead of me.
2: It, 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 all we can go by is the sheet, and the sheet is the gospel. So, All right, we got James the Nerd with 15, Alex with 14, uh, Tricky with 12. We got Noah the Builder with 11, Jared. We got Jared in at 10, but you know what? I'm pretty positive Jared added some some points today because he said he should be somewhere in the vicinity of 15, I know oh, I just typed in Jared on on <laughs> I just Googled Jared, not paying attention to what I'm doing. So I'm gonna double check his score because I think he posted something today that we need to update. Uh Homer with nine, Yield with nine, uh Corey with nine, uh MZ with five, uh John Michael with four, T-Bird with four, James McCall with three. Uh, Jim with two, Kali with two, Levi with two, spider packs with two, and wow, it's Brandy with two. So how you guys feeling about the backlog beatdown so far?
1: I am feeling like I haven't made as much of a dent as I should.
2: Same. That's all good, man. There's still time. That is the beauty of it. There is still time. So, yes, uh, uh, Jared added um, last night, as a matter of fact, the uh, Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes. So I got to add him two more points. So, yeah, man, it's coming along. So you guys are doing a great job, man. We definitely appreciate you participating in this event. And I don't know about you guys, but I've enjoyed it. And it definitely, for for me uh, right now, knowing that I can't play spam games, it's like, well, I can not... it, dude, I would be good with with as busy as I've been this year if I could play spam, because then I would at least be getting trophies. I'm not. I wouldn't be beating anything of any quality, but the little bit of time that I'm putting in here, an hour there, hour here, hour there, I would be able to uh, you get some points. But you know, here we are. So at least looking forward to, um, uh, you know, not getting a point for the backlog beatdown here and there has been it's been something. <laughs> so.
1: But yeah all, all right, right guys, you, i got I got yeah. I got one I got one thing to plug before we leave
2: all right let's hear it
1: all right, so ladies and gentlemen, if you are not a part of our Facebook group or you are not a part of our discord, please go ahead and join those uh that we I have started a new discussion segment every tuesday called tuesday talk i'm going to pose a question that way we just get the community talking a little bit uh you can you can maybe share your opinion on some things uh have your input and if that's something that does pick up traction that would be a little segment that i'd like to bring up on the show at some point in the future uh so like i said if you guys aren't in the facebook group just uh request to come in ask real nicely and one of us will maybe accept you if you're being a good kid, and then the Discord invite link is always in the description of the show. So if you're not a part of the Discord, please join our Discord.
2: Absolutely, definitely get in that Discord, man. There's a lot of good conversation going on there,
1: and poop okay. socks.
2: All of the poop socks, that is for sure. Speaking of poop socks, merch is still still happening. So don't don't give up on me. So.
0: All the right, fact guys. That one of the initial shirts was not a poop sock shirt. It really makes me angry. <laughs> so well, I just,
3: you
2: know uh, well, you know what? We got to do. We got to take. We can get. I mean, we needed a new logo. It's been a while since we um since we had a logo. So I I figured we could uh, poop sock being the main logo. I didn't know if that was. That
0: was <laughs> <best> <laughs> you thought about it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, I did find an error on the sheet. We had Jared that was not getting credit for his Persona Royale. And it is only fair that he gets his um, points for Persona 5
3: Royale. So, that puts him at 14 points. So, coming for that, boy. All right. I was wondering because that did not seem correct. So, boom. There we go.
2: Basically, first place. You guys got anything else you want to add?
1: Nope. Uh, thank you again to Patrick Hickey Jr. for our interview, which will be coming right after this segment.
0: Cool. Dude, go yep. check out Legacy Comics, man. Seriously. Definitely. Amazing been, things going on over there. I've been trying my
2: hardest to convert this entire podcast, group, network, everything, in just to basically comic books. And so um yeah definitely let's do let's do it go, go go look go check out comic book stuff
1: Yeah let's not talk about the first 30 minutes that we spent together tonight where all Daryl was doing was cataloging comic books
2: I'm such a nerd <laughs> <laughs> I love it All right guys now we're going to head over to our interview with voice actor extraordinaire Patrick Hickey Jr.
3: It's the Lupros podcast we're going to talk about
2: video games and mow your grass. Ludros
4: podcast. We're going to talk about butts and slurp and penises. So stay tuned. Hello. Hello, I'm here with Daryl and Mr. TMT and Zach Ledburn. Oh, yeah.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and tonight I have the Bearded Nerd. What's up, Zach?
1: Hey, What's going on, everybody? All
2: right. You are recording remotely from what state are you in right now?
1: Uh, I'm still in Missouri. I'm just in St. Louis. I'm like ah. four hours away. I'm four hours away from home this week.
2: Gotcha. 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 All right. And then we got Mr. TMNT84. What's up, Joe? what's up guys how's everybody doing man we're hanging out man we're hanging out so uh just log in the comics dude it's free comic book day it's probably the best day in may i can't think of a better day i can't think of a day that can compete with it i got a big old oh there you go i got a big old fat stack of books and uh you actually sat here for about 30 minutes listening to me beef them in and log them in so it's it's a good thing we got going on and uh It also is fitting that we on Free Comic Book Day we have the owner, founder, CEO of uh, Legacy Comics in the house. We got
4: Patrick Hickey Jr. with us. How you doing, man? What's up, guys? Happy to be here as always. Second time, hopefully a lot more times after this.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you keep doing stuff; there'll be reasons for you to keep coming back on. So I'm trying, man. I'm trying. So Well, you've definitely been busy, and that's what we got here tonight, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, not only, since so, the so last time you were on the Loot Bros podcast, you you were kind of like flexing your, oh, I'm a voice actor, I've been in a couple games, Padre, stuff like that, but you're like, but that's not why I'm here, I'm here to talk about comic books, it's like here I am, I'm this like world-renowned journalist, uh, I'm over here running a friggin' university all by myself, and it's like in my spare time. I'm going to uh, start a comic book company. No big deal. And uh, and here's my list of books. And then, uh, on, so now you've done all that. You're like, oh, by the way, I'm not only a voice actor. I am the voice actor for the upcoming WrestleQuest RPG wrestling game.
4: Absolutely. And you're not doing wow. one, two, three, 10, 20. You're doing 30 voices? Uh, more like 90. But, you know, who's counting at this point? <laughs> I mean, it's just... You know there's uh once the game comes out, we'll probably be able to have a conversation about a lot of other uh a lot of other things that could have happened should have happened maybe did happen but like uh they've they've given me over at megacat so much responsibility and trust um this has been one of the most rewarding experiences I've had as a voice- de- well voice actor I've starred in games before um I've done narration for kickstarters and for youtube trailers and things like that, but this is by far like. One of the coolest projects I've ever been a part of. Well, dude, this is like the
0: biggest game of the summer, man. Like this is like one of the. I I cannot wait to play this game.
4: Oh, absolutely. Same here. Same here. So I mean, Pax East was insane, insane. So it's just like the, the the amount of attention that we got like before the panel that we did was wild, and then like after the panel was over, we literally had a trail of people walking with us. That's awesome. to play the game it was so crazy so that's nice. awesome well we were wa- you
2: know we were watching from the sidelines we were following um through social media and then uh one of our co-hosts Kali she was actually there on the floor and yeah. uh that was cool she got to take a picture with you and, and and introduce herself and all that stuff so i mean of course i mean you've already met you've already associated with Kali before but sure uh, yeah. Totally cool to see, you know, uh, all that stuff happening. you got to hang out with freaking Jeff Jarrett. I mean, like I told you in Messenger, I was like, Jarrett, I was jealous because he's
4: the, he's awesome. Yeah, we so. had dinner um, two nights. Um, we hung out for like four days, basically. Um, he shouted me out on his podcast like two days later, awesome. and like I I was walking to work at like four forty five in the morning, and like marked out in pitch black, dark. <laughs> I, I was scared the crap out of like you know everyone that was outside, yeah. but um. It was great. It was great. He's and like, hey, slap nuts. You did a good job on the voice acting in the game. <laughs> it, it was, it was Daryl, I'm telling you. So it's just like to be in his presence is one thing because it's like former WCW champion, former NWO right. champion, uh, NWA champion, um, intercontinental champion. That's right. But, um, he was putting me over at PAX. So like people were coming over <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, it's Jeff Jarrett. And he's like, yeah i'm jeff jarrett but this is the guy that does all the voices in the game yes and uh so it was just it was nuts super kind super um candid we ended up having like the first night we all had dinner together and um you know they were kind of like the developers were asking him wrestling questions and stuff but then i was just like asking him about cinematography and wrestling and he was just like wait what is It's like i mean i've interviewed over 100 professional wrestlers over the course of my career and stuff and uh Keith Mitchell the former lead producer of aew just retired and he was also one of the producers for Nitro and for mm-hmm. world Class championship wrestling and impact so just like Jeff obviously knew him and I love that style of shooting so after the first night Jeff was like yeah Pat's cool and I was like just cool so we just had we had a really good time great great guy I can't thank mega Cat and Skybound enough for just the people that were at pac were so Awesome to hang out with.
2: So that's that's dope. Man. yeah he 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 was walking around saying, yeah he's one of the boys. So
4: yeah, it was
2: insane. It was awesome. insane. So I guess let's start from the beginning. How did you get hooked up with Mega Cat Studios?
4: So this is the thing. It's so funny because it's just like when we were talking. Um, I I've been working on WrestleQuest Quest for I would say about sixteen months. Okay, um, just couldn't say anything. You know, it was like I was in the NWO, you know, like I couldn't say anything. Um, And I didn't, you know, Um, but so I was originally introduced to Mega Cat through being a journalist. I would get press releases from them. As you guys know, they produce and create. Versions of Genesis and Nintendo games via cart, you know, they make new games for Sega Genesis and Nintendo and Nintendo and stuff, and I just thought. This is so cool. I'm a games historian. I need to know why these guys do this. So I met James Deegan. He's the CEO, the owner of Mega Cat, and we would just exchange emails and BS back and forth. And then this is like maybe eight years ago. And uh we would exchange phone calls then from time to time. We would talk about ways to cross um pollinate, you know, our, you know, influence and stuff like that, and then started working for old school gamer magazine, him to those people introduced him to some podcasts. Um podcasters got him on some shows. He introduced me to some people and we just kept the chain of communications going. Then um I started doing work on the Padre And uh, he's like, "Oh, you voice act." And I'm like, "Yeah." And that was like kind of that. And then um it's funny cuz one of the comics that we do for Legacy the job um actually started off as a play. I wrote it I wrote it as a play. And then COVID happened and wasn't going to happen so I spent like a week turning it into a video game I wrote out the entire design document and it was basically like hotline Miami meets like pro wrestling on the NES and um I pitched it to James and James was like you know before um we do something like this together I know you're I know you work hard I know you're a smart cookie but let's see how we work together so we started working on something else that I can't talk about (laughs) <laughs> um, and then um, I started doing some trailers for them like Ronu's Tale and a couple of other games some YouTube trailers Then they wanted me to do um, a This Week in Gaming History YouTube series which I did for them for a little while and then they brought up WrestleQuest to me and I was just like yeah I'm in so at first it was just kind of like oh well you're going to be doing all of the um, unlicensed characters you know <laughs> and uh And there's, that's like 60 characters and it's a lot of fun, you know, just making up voices for characters. They give me so much creative freedom. And then, um, they started filling me in on the backstory and it's like, uh, the main character's name is Randy, um, muchacho man Santos. And he's like a young protege of the macho man, Randy Savage. Um, James knew that I did a good macho man. So he was like, yeah, you can do that. Um, and then that morphed in over the past like couple of months into like yeah you're gonna do um the licensed characters too. <laughs> and <I'm just> like, <laughs> you know, no pressure. Listen, yeah, no pressure. And it's just like you know, Joe knows there's certain guys that it's just like when somebody says to do Andre the Giant's voice, you're like, wait, what? Like in the game. you know know, or, or like jake the snake roberts and like it's it's so funny because it's like i look at this lineup of characters and i just have like this connection to all of them so like diamond dallas page was the first ever professional wrestler that i ever interviewed and he's in this game um the job that i have now i shouldn't even be saying this on a podcast um the job that i have now as an educator um in the interview for my job um i got asked a question And I answered with a modified quote from Jake the Snake Roberts. And um, the person that I was answering the question for was extremely impressed. And that definitely played a role in me getting the job. So it's just like all of these performers have just tied in beautifully into my life. Because, I mean, I'm an 80s and 90s kid. I love professional wrestling. So um, you tie in the journalism background that I have in journalism. Uh, the journalism background I have in journalism. The journalism background I have in professional wrestling. Um, the video game historian, the voice acting, tie that all in t- together. This was like a perfect, perfect um job for me. Um yeah, so that's kind of how it started. It started out because I was a journalist and then it just grew into something. It's just a lesson in keep relationships, um, don't burn bridges. I mean, there were times when I didn't speak to James for like four or five months, and then we would connect over something and we would just keep the positive vibes going you know and um i love that company i i mean i i work with a ton of indies but like Mega Cat, ton of respect for what they do
0: i think one of the coolest things that i've ever experienced like being being like one of your friends is like when i actually messaged you about the game when i first heard about it and you were like yeah yeah it looks pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> Because You couldn't say anything, but I remember one time when you did tell me, you're like, Joe, just wait till you see what I'm working on, but you couldn't tell me what it was, and you're like, I it's take- gonna blow your mind, dude.
4: I take that stuff so seriously, so it's just like I'll tell you guys a funny story. Um, I was talking to somebody maybe like five months ago, and um, they were telling me about a game that they were doing voiceover on, and um, they had signed a non disclosure agreement and um they weren't supposed to be talking to me about it and they did not know that i was a writer on said project and i was just like and they were just like yeah i do voice over on this game and blah 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 and uh, i don't know about it and i'm just like oh oh okay oh okay uh-huh 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 and i'm so it's like i take that stuff so seriously so it's like joe we've talked online for years you know And I, I I don't remember how it came up, but like, I, you might've brought it up to me, like, oh, this game looks really cool. And I was just like, yeah. And then like, then we had a conversation when I was allowed to announce that I was a part of the game. I was telling people, yeah, I'm doing voiceover on the game, but there's still like, you know, like just the fact that I'm doing this podcast, I had a conversation with Megacat that can I go on podcast? Because it's like, I never want to violate the relationship that I have with Megacat, you know, because those guys Mm -hmm. are, those guys have place so much trust in me um to be like the principal voice actor on this game um and i can't like play the game a ton during packs and i've watched so much video of it and it's just like so weird like not just to hear your voice in a game but to hear like your voice talking to another voice that happens to be your voice at the same time like it's one <laughs> of the whack it's one of the wackiest Eception. things that you know you could ever experience as a voice actor
2: that's wild. That's what now you're we you're have. Yeah. We have, uh, we have uh, someone here on the panel that's, uh, an aspiring voice actor. Mm. So, uh, Zach, man, definitely this is who you need to be bending the ear on, man, because I know that you want to get in the game as well. So,
1: uh, yeah, it's been something that I've, I've, I've followed for a while. I, uh, I, I mainly follow like the American voice actors for, for anime shows and stuff like that. Uh, Eric Bale mm-hmm. and, uh, a lot of those guys, and, and, and I've done a little bit of practice. I've done a little bit of perusing on a casting call club. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that as well, just to yeah, kind of start yeah. building like a repertoire. Um, That's absolutely. Nothing's really stuck, is that, but.
3: Is
2: that the one where you swipe left or swipe right?
1: Uh, I, I, I always <laughs> swipe right on you, Bill. <laughs>
2: gotcha.
1: awesome. Okay. I'll right, have, so. have to swipe left on Joe tonight, though.
2: There, oh, oh, I don't oh. know. I actually, I don't know what that means. I'm assuming left is bad, right is right, right is good.
1: Yeah, right. Right means yes, left means no. Okay, good.
2: All right, as long as I'm on the right side of of the, everything, then we're, then we're good. So.
1: <laughs> Joe's face is like, "Why do you so hate funny. me?" <laughs>
0: okay, that's why I mean, I, t- I took a shower too before the show. You know, so he doesn't look uh-huh, like it. Okay.
4: I, I was going to do the podcast <laughs> naked, so I mean, yeah.
2: hey, from the waist down. We're all naked. All right, so, uh, so Pat, again, yes. uh, congratulations. Awesome that you're being Thank able to you. do Thank this. Thank you very much. Um, it's from the sidelines, man. It looked like you guys at PAX were having such a blast, dude. And I can only imagine the amount
4: of uh, times you were put on the spot to do voices. So I'm assuming it was a ton, right? So, um, James is one of the few people, James Deegan, the you know, CEO of Megacat, is probably one of the few people that I've ever worked with or for that when they walk into a room, I stop what I'm doing. Um, I put my phone away and I listen. He's super, super intelligent, super perceptive. And um, he was basically like, Oh, you know, you if you want to hang out at the booth, like that, da, da, da. I'm like, nah, man, put me to work. Like, what do you need me to do? And he just like, whenever you see one of the producers or one of the programmers playing the game with somebody is like, screw with them. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, just, go into full Macho Man, like behind them and like have fun. And he goes, if you want to do interviews like with people and like, you know, Steven Fontana from dual screens, we did like dueling Macho Man back and forth for the interview. That was pretty funny. Um, but, uh, he was just like, just have, have fun with it, you know? And, uh, it's funny because the booth was for, um, world championship boxing manager too, as well. And, um, I'm doing the voices of like 35 characters in that game too. So, um, it yeah, just like, awesome. I, I was yeah, So it's like I was going from one, one side of the booth being like, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for the guts and the glory to know like, yeah, something? Let me tell you something like back and forth like the entire day. So it was just like eight hours of that and then I mean after we did the booth the whole day, we would go out to eat and we would talk shop and then we would go back to the hotel and the guys would work on the build and we would work on like, you know the uh, the panel that we were doing and stuff like that. So it was just like for four days, there was no, there was no stopping. It was insane. And it was just like, when I came home, I told my wife, I'm like, I don't want to do the macho man voice for like four or five days. Like, <laughs> I, I'm done I'm done with it, you know? So, oh my God. It was just so funny too. Cause like during pack, so many people were like trying to throw their macho man into the hat, you know? And it's yeah. just like, there's several different versions of it. You know, there's, you can you can do the, the really husky, angry one, the screaming one, you could do the methodical one. It's just like I could do all of them. So it's just like some people would be like just coming in, can you dig it? like screaming like in your face, and it's just like, no, there's like you gotta be able to talk like him, you gotta be able to like, you know, breathe like him, you know? So it's just like yeah, it was so much, the the booth was insane, and then um probably Daryl, you'll get a kick out of the story. It's probably the the best thing that happened at Pax. So like Jeff Jarrett. Jeb Jarrett could sell a lady in a white dress, a ketchup popsicle. He is, <laughs> he is, he could lie straight to your face and you'll believe it. He doesn't. He's, I mean, super honest, forthcoming candid, but um, there was one part, one time, um, a bunch of people are talking to him and he's just like, listen, he's like, I can't take all the credit for this game. He goes, I'm an executive producer on the game. He goes, but the voice actor, he does the voices of 95, you know, 90 to 95 voices in the game. But he's also Randy Savage's son, <laughs> and he said it. He said it like, the point where I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I want to get a DNA test. So I just, I just go, I, I just go along with it, you know. And uh, the guy doesn't know what to say, so we end That's up taking amazing. a picture. We end up taking a picture with the guy. Oh my gosh! Oh, man. And he walks away. But wait, wait, it gets better. It gets better. The next day like three people come to the booth and like people want to take a couple of people, um, want to take pictures with me because of the minds behind the games, books and stuff like that, because we did the panel the day before, you know, I watched that. Thank you. I think we did a good job.
3: You You did an amazing
4: job. Thank you. You know, it's like, I am, you know, I do have books in Harvard, Yale, Stanford. Like I'm a real deal journalist and real deal video game story. So yeah. Yeah. little, little cheap plug there. A little McFoley plug. Um, But um, this guy comes over to me, so weird, because the people that want to take pictures because of the book stuff, they usually come off in a certain way, you know? And this guy was like, bro, bro, I'm like, yeah, can I take a picture with you? And I was just like, yeah, sure. We take the picture, and then it just, it didn't feel right. Then I'm like, why do you want to take a picture with me? And he's like, because you're Randy Savage's son. (laughs) (laughs) and it happened like three times but that one guy was the most like so then like uh jeff left earlier in that day like on saturday so then i texted him and i was like oh my god what did you do people are people think that i'm like randy savage's son and and he's like oh then like, oh, he's like i'm gonna call lanny and i'm gonna tell lanny that he has you know and i'm like oh my oh god, my god. So <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: but pe- th- this guy this guy must have went home and showed somebody a picture of me and said, "That's Randy Savage's son," and I was just oh. like, "Oh my god,
2: dude, that's so funny!" It's, oh man, he went back and met up with his friend group. He's like, "Dude, Randy's son's over there." I didn't even know he
4: had a son. <laughs> I didn't know he was a voice actor too. You know? like, know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Such so coincidence,
2: man. That's really that's really awesome that you that you told that story because that's where I wanted to go with things. Because like, I mean, you know, a lot of times when guys do the panels, you know, they'll hit, they'll kind of hit their spot. They'll go. It seemed like you were there at the booth entertaining people, like you were the star of the show. Now, not to take away Um, anything from Megacat, but it very much came off that way and and from lots of the stuff on social
4: media. So it seemed
2: like you were having a blast, man.
4: So it's like it's so funny because it's like I told you guys joking around that Jeff Jarrett kept putting me over. Um, And then it's so funny because whenever I would do an interview, I would put over Zach, um, Zach Manko. He's the writer of WrestleQuest. And this is the thing. For this game to work, it's a Japanese RPG with, like, wrestling mechanics. It's Earthbound, Dragon Quest, Pokemon, Super Mario RPG, mixed with professional wrestling. Wrestling J- games are Take smart. a cold shower. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> um, for this game to work, the writing has to be good. It has to be. You're not just going to play this because it's got this like super Mario RPG meets professional wrestling battle system that like you actually have to pin the guy in a turn-based RPG. Like it's so much fun, but like the story is so well written and this is coming again from a guy that's written seven books on games. So just like they would talk to Jeff and Jeff would put me over and then they would talk to me and then I would put Zach over and then somebody would talk to Zach and Zach would put me over or, um, Andy, the the animator and lighting guy, or James or whatever, and it was just like the team over there is just insane. So like Andy, one of the uh, engineers and stuff, one of the developers, he he was wearing boxing shorts and like put eye makeup on to look like he had a black eye the entire time because he was promoting World Championship Boxing Manager the entire time. Like again, the week that I that I spent with these guys in the booth and stuff, super hardworking team. Like this is going to be a game that's going to totally put them on the map. You know, Absolutely. and they've done a lot of stuff before. Like, I'm a fan of their other stuff, like log jammers and uh, Creepy Brawlers and Coffee Crisis. But this is just this takes it to a whole nother stratosphere. I mean, you're talking about an RPG with over fifty hours of gameplay. You know, with with a license of over, over 40 <laughs> professional wrestlers. And, God, I'm like, so ready for this game. <laughs> I'm telling you. And the thing is, though, too, it's just like um, I've seen so much of it, like in, in you know in dev to actually sit down and and really like sink my teeth into it over packs i mean there were times like i was going to the booth at the same time as everybody else i mean i get up super early in the morning so i, I get up at like 4 30 every morning so uh even when we were at packs it wasn't even a vacation i would get up at 4 30 i would go for my walk get my ten thousand steps in get my dunkin donuts meet up with the guys we would go to the booth by like eight o'clock people didn't come into the like come into packs until like nine so for that hour i was just like playing the game and um it won those awards for a reason like it won three awards Absolutely. during packs like and i'm not yep. saying it because i'm on the team either it's just like because i don't have anything to do with the actual like under the hood development of the game i'm just a voice right. actor you know so it's just like but i've played it enough to just say like if you're looking for like an old school 90s rpg you're good if you're looking for something that like really captures the essence of your childhood, meaning like '80s, '90s pop culture, and of course professional wrestling. It's there too. So it's just like Daryl, long-winded answer. I'm sorry, but um, I don't think there really was like one star for the for the team for for PAX. But like we all—that's the thing—we all fit into our spots perfectly. You know, like if you watch the G4 interview, because like that was the thing too. Like G4 came, dude. You got interview, interviewed you know, by
0: like, Gerard. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, and, and Creed came to play it, didn't he? Yep, yeah, yeah. Creed came to play it, and uh, yeah, I introduced myself as a voice actor, and I, I wanted to do dueling Macho Man with him, and he was just like, "Nah, man, it hurts my throat too much." And I'm saying to myself, I've been doing it for eight hours a day for the past three days. You know? <laughs> Aren't so, you, you supposed know, to be off? Don't you take body slams for a uh, Come on. Yep. Yeah, but like, oh man, uh, the G4 interview is only like eight minutes. So like, but Gerard was there for like an hour, and like, oh man, when he first started to talk, I just kept cutting him off. As like the macho man. Like, oh my god, it was so <laughs> funny. But he was getting, he was getting like a super kick out of it. Like he was having a lot of fun with us. And um, awesome. he really dug the game and like, listen, a lot of people talk online, especially about G4, their rise and fall and rise again and, and stuff like that. But he's like, amazing. Gerard is amazing. I met him is, twice. Is cool. Yeah. He's so it's so just he's like amazing. when he, when he walks away from your booth and he's like kind of hyped, you're like, Mm-hmm. You know, that so that's kind of like how we thought.
0: That dude yep. plays video games
4: for a living. Yeah, yeah. What he's and done he in ten years
0: is what he's done for ten years is just—it's astounding.
4: Absolutely, yep. mega cool guy.
2: So, listeners of the podcast, I know we have a lot of other podcasters that listen to the show. Let me tell you—you know—you got a good guest when they answer all of your questions without you even having to an- ask them. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no 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 dude you are
4: i'm telling you you make it so it's easy because i'm a journalist you it's make it so easy and i don't i don't want to waste anyone's time i know you guys are looking for good sound bites i'm trying not to beat around the bush though you're you know, killing, it. So it's just like, killing uh,
2: it yeah no i'm not even oh. trying to put you over either so it's, it's, uh, that's you. totally totally great okay now i do want to pivot this because you've like russell quest we're sold these guys right here we're down for life like we are ready to go now the boxing manager that one mm-hmm. was uh that one I didn't know you were doing I didn't see any official announcement or anything until you were actually at Pax playing it and you had said I don't know if it was um on a video if you said it in like a in a message
3: like a or something. It's right? like yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, I'm also doing these voices. So why don't you tell us about that game? Yeah, so um World Championship Boxing Manager 2 is um it's the sequel to a 30-year-old boxing game. Um so this is the thing. 30 years ago, this was a boxing managerial sim that was basically, like, all text. Um, but it, it was beloved, and it was super deep for its time. And um, Ziggurat Interactive is this really nifty, cool uh, game publisher where they're getting the rights to a lot of these forgotten IPs, and they're bringing them back. So Ziggurat is publishing it, but MegaCat is developing it. Um, okay. But also, like, Ziggurat has the rights to um, Blood Rain. To oh. Enclave, to um, a whole bunch of like really cool games from the past. Did did they um, do those
0: new uh, Blood Rain games that just came out? Their remakes, yes,
4: yes, those are they actually had, really good. They added the yeah, cheat codes back into it too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, so what happened was in the middle of uh, the development process for WrestleQuest, the team at Mega Cat goes, "You want to do voices on a boxing game?" And I am just like, "Sure." Um, I am like, "What game?" because I am selective, like, I don't want to work on a crappy game, you know, and they're like, World Championship Boxing Manager 2, and I went, what, like, the sequel to, like, the Amiga game? And they're like, oh, you know about the first game? And I'm like, you know who you're talking to, right? <laughs> And uh, I was like, dude, I would be totally honored. So, they, at first, they were like, okay, we want you to be the color commentator on the game, like, the ring announcer, the, co- the color commentator, and stuff like that, so... I made a huge mistake, but it turned into like a, a wonderful blessing. So it's like, I didn't know really what they wanted in terms of the the voice. So I gave them three. I gave them like a British announcer. I gave them like an old school, like crusty Boston announcer. And then I gave them more like a Michael Buffer kind of thing. And um, they were like, can you do all of the lines in all three voices? And I was like, sure. So, then I, <laughs> no. I, did, so I did that. And then I thought I was done. And then um, right before packs, like literally right before packs, they're like, um, you want to do all of the VO for the entire story mode, meaning like there's six branching um, modes in the story mode, like six different paths. You can take six different stories in the story mode and each contains like anywhere from like five to seven characters. And. I mean, three of those characters are Joe Lewis, Sugar Ray Robinson, and Rocky Marciano. So it was just like getting to be able to play those guys. Oh, my God. Ooh, I'm so um, pretty. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, every every story mode was like 12 pages of dialogue. So this is like the day before PAX. They're like, oh, can you do this? And then can you have it back to us by like the 28th, which is like two days after PAX? So I'm just like, yeah. And then um, I was going to bring, yeah, I was going to bring my mic with me to PAX. Thank God that I didn't, because I wouldn't have had, had any time to do any type of recording. But I basically did like a week's worth of, of work in like two days. I like killed myself finishing that story mode on time, but it came out really good. Um, so it's kind of like World Championship Boxing Manager is kind of like um, a Japanese like visual novel meets like a managerial sports sim meets like the sims all mixed up into one it's the type of game that you can totally like leave on your lap on your switch watch a tv show and then like so this is the thing you don't actually control the boxing so what you do is like you can assign a trainer for the boxer you can assign a physical therapist to the boxer you can assign an emotional therapist to the boxer and that that controls all of their attributes So then like in between matches, then you assume the role of like the cut man and you can choose to give them more water, give them this, give them that to cheat, to do all these other things. And that plays an influence. So you have to actually watch the matches, which is a lot of fun. Um, but like a lot of the, the core gameplay happens away from the fight. So you start off basically in like a crusty gym with nothing in there. And then you have to start, you have to pay for the ring. You have to do this, you have to do that. You have to bring in your stable of boxers. So, um, it's a really fun take on the managerial sim. And then the story mode, Again, I said his name before for WrestleQuest, but Zach Manko wrote all of the story for the story mode in World Championship Boxing Manager 2. And oh my God, like some of it is this game when it originally came out in 1990 was known for its sense of humor. There's one story in particular where I called him, well, not called him, I messaged him on Slack after. And I was just like, I hate you. And he's like, why? I was like, I couldn't say half of these lines with a straight face. And the thing is, it's like, you're supposed to say these things like tongue in cheek, you know? And it's just like a couple of times, I'm just like, how am I supposed to say this with a straight face? Like he was, <laughs> it was written so well and so like tongue in cheek. Um, but then there's a couple of other story stories that are very like in that um, rocky kind of raging bull motif. So it's just like, if you love boxing, you will absolutely adore this game.
2: That's so cool. That's so cool. I As a, I grew up a boxing fan and those Sega Genesis boxing games. Up into the fight night games dude mm-hmm. that's that's oh, yeah. actually a huge gap in gaming right now we don't have good boxing games anymore like that used yeah. to be that Sega genesis uh, boxing game i forget the name of it but it had um the, oh, oh my god the voice acting or the the, the, the dialogue lines in there were hilarious my brother and i would sit there he's like pansy mama's boy cse see? and just sitting there all back and forth to this day i mean it's like 30 years later we're still we'll see each other like see you cse
4: and oh my uh God. it's so it's uh, dude i think we that's love a Game contest on the genesis
2: i i can't remember i, I honestly i can't remember the it name of it it's the blue and red cover uh the blue and red label i remember we used to rent it from this video store when we were kids Mm-hmm. And uh God, we played the fool out of it. But that's that's really cool. I, totally, totally awesome. Now, here's the the, the question I have for you, because you're throwing out all these huge numbers, okay? 90, 95 on this game, 30, 35 on this game. Like, how do you keep up with that? Like, if if someone says, Hey, um, Mr. Hickey, I need you to do uh boxing manager um voice number 17, that would
4: be uh
3: Sugar Ray Leonard.
4: So the the way I would start is um, I would probably watch as many interviews with Sugar Ray Robinson as possible, like, and, and literally just like close my eyes and not even look at his face, just listen to his voice over and over and over and over again. It's just like, um, this happened during PAX where Jeff Jarrett kept putting me on the spot and was like, you're doing my voice by the time. I leave. Yeah, I leave here, and I'm yeah. just like I haven't done your voice in the game yet, Jeff. I'm like, and that's the thing I try and tell people. It's just like if you go to John Dimaggio, oh, do Bender. He could do Bender like on the spot. But if you're like, oh, do um, I don't know, do you know Barack Obama? John Dimaggio would be like, what am I like a clown? What am I here to <laughs> amuse you? Do I make you laugh? You know, and he would. <laughs> it would take him. It would take him a couple of hours. He would listen. So that that's basically that's my process. Like I would just listen to as many different, um, interviews throughout time. So like I would listen to like young sugar, Ray, middle-aged sugar, a older sugar, Ray, and then try and find whichever one I could do the best and then try and model after that. Um, inflection is super, is super hard. Um, but that's the most important thing. If you can say it the way that they said it, like the way they felt it, then you can eventually like win people over. So it's just like perfect example. Like when I was doing Jeff Jarrett for the the game, the first thing I mastered was his laughs, you know? Um, and I just sent those to the team and they were like, we're going to use the laughs like every time, like we can, because they're like perfect, you know, um, certain characters will come to you a lot easier. So like Macho Man comes to me a lot easier. Hawk from Legion of Doom came, came to me very easy, easily. Um, Coco Beware came to me very easily you know um, but then other characters you really just have to try you know um, you just have to try over and over and over and over and over again it's just like there's no there's no easy way to do it you just have to continue to to practice and stuff it's just like I remember when I was a little kid when I taught myself well not a little kid I was like 14, 15 I taught myself how to do Jigglypuff it's just like I used to just scare the crab out of people because they're like <laughs> what the hell is he doing and then I'm Ooh. <laughs> awesome. you know and just you that just is practice so good. over and over again <laughs> and it's like I- i've done that voice so many times that i can do it and not open up my mouth and it like scares the crap out of my daughter you know like i'm just like and she'd be like dad how, how is sound coming out of your mouth and you're not you know, and it's just practice. It's just like, if you talk to like Jeff Dunham and that's the thing too, man, like my journalism career has just taken me to so many weird places. Like I've interviewed, I've interviewed like probably like 30 voice actors, um, probably like 20 ventriloquists. Um, I have them and made this, uh, this film director that I met in my travels. He ended up doing this documentary on ventriloquism and he, he gave me this book that was like, 800 pages and I actually I read the whole thing and it was just like I was just so mystified by ventriloquism and how they're able to you know copy people's voices and stuff and if you just take care of your voice um breathe when you speak a lot of people don't do that you know um and just again make mistake after mistake after mistake and the thing is too when you're voice acting for a game a lot of the time you're doing it as like an independent contractor and you're doing it like hourly you don't get paid for your research, you know, if you go to them, well, it's going to take me like six hours to learn how to do so-and-so's voice. They're like, well, we're only paying you for when you hit that record button, you know, and could you blame them? You know, like that's the way it's supposed to be. So it's just like a lot of people that want to get into voice acting, if they don't get the voice like right away, they're just like, yeah, I can't do it. And for me, it's just like, gonna have to practice you know it's like um with the padre i mean for me to be able to get that deep baritone i mean i shredded the shit out of my throat the first time i did it and now i can do it like you know hello my name is daryl oh i'm sorry my name is alexander and i'm the padre you know but when i first started doing it like it burned my throat and now i can do it like on call so it's just like voice acting is no different than like going to the gym it's no different than singing. It's no different than like, it's a skill that you acquire through tons and tons of practice, you know? Um, I prefer to read lines, um, but at the same time, too, like certain games, like I do like some micro voice acting, you know, like where I'm doing like sound effects of people getting hit, you know? So obviously with WrestleQuest, I'm reading lines and I'm doing like, so not only am I doing like, you know, um, Jeff Jarrett in the game, but like I'm getting, I'm doing Jeff Jarrett getting hit, you know. So for like 90 characters, I'm like, Ugh,
3: uh, 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 uh,
4: you know, and it's just like you have to find ways of like differentiating, differentiating that for every character. And uh, to go back to answer your question, it's just like it's a ton of research. So it's just like if I have to do grunts for Jeff Jarrett, I'm gonna watch a match where I know that he got his ass kicked, and I'm gonna try and listen for those sounds. It's just it's a ton of of preparation. And a lot of people think it's just the voice, but it's not, you know, and I'm just lucky that I'm a historian, that I love that stuff. There you go. So it just, it all, it all comes, comes into play.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So uh, I want to turn it over to the guys and let them ask any questions that they have. I mean, you, you've just been a dream before we pivot off the games and get into some of the comic book stuff, because I want to give you a chance to, you know, give us an update. Yeah, you know, talk about things that I really care about. I mean, I, I mean, well, you guys,
1: but, but, uh,
2: Zach, did you want to start off? And did you have anything in particular you wanted to, to hit up our guest with?
1: Um, yeah, it's more like a, like a, like a fun question, I guess. What was your favorite voice that you did in uh, WrestleQuest?
4: Oh, it's if, if you, if, if,
1: oh, absolutely.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but at the same time, too, though, um, I don't even know if I should say this or not.
1: Are you are you are you allowed to tell us about about characters in the game?
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can tell you about some of the you know the voices that I've done and stuff like that. There's no they've been announced and stuff okay. like that. But um, um, I'll tell you half of what I can say, pretty much. Okay. Um. Okay. So there's one character in the game that um that I do the voice of that I technically wasn't supposed to do the voice for because it's female. Um, but I love this character so much. She is like a complete ass kicker, um. And I was like, guys, I got you. Got to let me do the voice of her, and they were like, go ahead. And I, I did it, and they were like, yo, hat. <laughs> and uh, so I'm super happy. Like whenever I'm gonna hear her, her voice in the game, I'm gonna go. Mm, that's 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 range. That's versatility. Nailed um, it. There the you co- go. The cocoa beware stuff was a lot of fun. Um. I, I love his promos. And the thing is too, like in the mid-south, um, Coco Beware was an ass kicker. His brainbuster yeah. was called the Ghostbuster, and um he was awesome. And uh when he went to the WWE, they gave him Frankie, of course, and you know, and and he was great, <laughs> but he was different, he was a different character. So to be able to um to do some Coco that has some of that mid-South tenacity, but still maintains some of the, you know, the 80s colorfulness. So that was a thing, too. Just because I'm doing somebody's voice, I'm, like, again, watching all of their promo from their entire career and trying to encapsulate as much of the total package in there. So somebody like Coco was so much fun to do. Um, I love Hawk from Legion of Doom. That was a ton of fun. I love the Junkyard Dog. The Junkyard Dog should have been like wwe champion at some point like he was like the number two baby face in wwe for probably like a period of like two years um but you know how the wrestling industry was for a really long time you know hogan hogan hogan, hogan hogan hogan
3: yeah yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah. or Flair, Flair, Flair. or yep. you know or you know um and it took ron simmons like ron simmons ended up breaking that you know that trend but like man junkyard dog was just so over and like to be able to do his voice in the game was a huge you know a huge thrill a a huge thrill for me but like at the same time too there's going to be times when you guys are going to encounter npcs in WrestleQuest quest and you're going to laugh your ass off because you're going to be like yeah it's going to be like i'm gonna be texting i'm I'm
0: gonna message you all the time like all the time yeah Yeah. this this is absolutely i I cannot wait now. I'm gonna guess here, cause mm-hmm. you're they're wrestling. They know wrestling over there enough. Is this dropping SummerSlam weekend? Is that what we're doing here? Is the same week as SummerSlam? Is that kind of what they're aiming towards?
4: The end of summer. Um, so from what I've been told, it's the end of summer. That's the. So I'm assuming around then, probably. We'll see. Yeah, that's hey. above my. That's above my pay grade, but um, but yeah, that's what we were told um during pack that it would be like Ugh. end of summer. So, I cannot
0: um, wait to play this from the moment I saw on that. What was it? Uh, was it Nintendo Direct or PlayStation or was it Xbox Showcase? It was the
4: Xbox, it was the Xbox Showcase. I was yeah. just like,
0: oh my god, this game! I was like, I yes. hope this thing is not Xbox exclusive because I would literally buy an Xbox to buy the
4: place. Yeah, you
0: would. Yeah, you would. Yeah, so, I, you know, I would.
4: Two, like I said before, it's like it's not when you see the retro graphics, the toy, the toy box like graphics and stuff. A lot of people are thinking. It's like a retro game and stuff. It's a 50 hour RPG. Like it's. Hmm. It's heavy. It's deep. It hits hard. You know, it hits different. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah.
4: I'm
0: kind of waiting to see what they're going to do. You probably know. We can't tell us what they're going to do as far as physical release goes for this game, because I'm like itching at the bit of whether I want to do a physical
2: or digital just, do for this. just do both just do
0: both no comment on that you're gonna want, yeah.
2: like, you're gonna, gonna want to go digital so you have it immediately oh and yeah i'm going, gonna uh, yeah, wanna I get play, I gotta, whatever I, best case scenario physical
0: edition <laughs> there is i gotta yeah, play so, the midnight so that's right jo, mm-hmm. jo, jo, so no, jo, no jo,
4: comment jo. on that from my point of, for, for me but oh, i will yeah. say that like one of my biggest goals as a voice actor so I, i've been in like I think I've done trailers for like 10 games and I've, I've done voice acting in like six and they're all digital games so far, which is still cool. I'll go over to my friend's house and they'll be like, oh, Pat, see Pat here? Look, and they'll pull up Padre or something right. like that. Or they'll pull up Caillou Offensive on Steam. And I'm like, yeah, that's cute. That's a lot of fun. But I want to go into GameStop really bad. And, and I want to fuck, fuck with people. I want to just walk over and be like, should I buy this? Is this any good? You know, <laughs> you know and then just start doing voices and stuff like that you know um so maybe maybe i mean i hope i hope that this is the game you know well
0: i, I can't so, see it not being honestly this I has can't, to, i
1: can't say anything so i would joe, imagine uh, joe it, all of your questions he can't tell you the answer to because yeah you've already done all the other research
2: yep I would imagine that at, at worst case scenario you get like a limited run release for this one this game's got so much hype oh, behind it man. and packs not just following like pat on about packs but following packs in general it, people
4: were yeah. like popping for this game, so it's definitely yeah, we had a long, the entire time that I was there it, it was good. insane. Yeah, you know. that's good. Oh. All, right.
2: All right. So I hate to do it because we we, we, we got to be respectful of your time. All right. But uh, I do want to pivot over and talk a little bit about the comic stuff. OK, sure. uh, last time you were on, you know, you announced Legacy. You said Kickstarters and everything were we're getting ready to happen, getting ready to go live. Since then, you've launched Legacy full full blown. You've already uh, released your first wave of books I have purchased a lot of your books. I have read Thank you so a much. lot of your books. I haven't read every one of them. I think uh I bought uh The Night Owl is the only one I haven't touched yet. Um, I think that's the only one I haven't touched yet. Oh, and then Rimfield, the uh the the vampire one. There's only two okay, two I haven't touched yet. Everything else I'm up to date on. Uh as a comic fan and as a a fan of yours, excellent work very very cool i think it's very good the job i gotta be honest uh like i, I bought it you know on uh i bought it on kindle i've been sitting in my mm-hmm. uh sitting in my office reading your, your, the, the books i've been reading a ton and i was like man you you got me just enough in that first in that issue zero like i was like when it ended i was like are you freaking kidding me are you kidding me? It was just getting it felt like it was just getting ready to jump in, and you had already given me the pitch for the book, so I was ready to see where it goes. so how's the reception been with all the legacy stuff so far?
4: The reception has been great so far. um we ended up um I'm pretty sure we did the interview before the Kickstarter when it was live. in December yeah yeah, so um the Kickstarter got funded in four hours, um which was insane. We got three hundred percent funded by the end of it um so many lessons learned during this um the comics weren't like officially done probably until like a month and a half two months after the kickstarter which is kind of not what i wanted i wanted the books done beforehand um but we put a lot of pressure on our artists um the end products were totally up to like you know where we wanted them to be and stuff like that it just it took everyone a lot longer um and during that time the paper shortage really affected the prices of comics so luckily we got the extra money that like we weren't asking for. And that like really put us like in a position where we could still print. Cause that would have been, if we would have just gotten funded with the rise of paper prices, we would have went to everybody. Um, yeah, guys, um, We would we could have been funded like three months ago, but the paper shortage like changed the prices, so we would have had to pivot or something. It could have been a disaster, but we had such solid support from people that we were still able to print comics. We were still able to pay everyone for their work, so it just and everything worked out like really good. Um, so the thing is, too, the kind I've tried to explain this to people, and for the most part, comic book people get it. And the thing is, um, my point of view is if I can get you hooked on a six page story and you'll buy it and we can sell out of that entire run to, uh, run of the six page ash cans, they call them in comics. Mm-hmm. Then that tells me that I should write number one. So, and it's just like, I've told every person that works for us because like, I mean, we have like five teams. We just signed a new team. Um, if you can't sell your comics, you shouldn't be making them, you know? And that goes for me too. So like I have Condry, I have Kroom, and I have the job and if they don't sell then I go into editor mode and I go into promoter mode and I help the people that work for my company that are selling comics you know um I sit down with all of my team members I mean uh our newest team uh they're they're doing a Godful universe a Polyon 20 XX um they're doing a six page Ashcan I've been working with them I mean I was on the phone with them at 8:30 this morning talking about social media strategy and things like that and um I told them before we launched the press release, I was like, we're going to do a pre-order. And um, my goal, my my real goal is to get like more than half of those comics pre-ordered before the comic even comes out. So when it comes out, I want people to have to like fight tooth and nail for them. And um, I put those guys under a lot of pressure. This is their first book, you know, but it's just like I told them what you're doing is what I'm doing times seven. I have to do this for every single person that works for my company. I have to promote everyone's books the way I promote my books. Um, I was like, because otherwise we're not gonna make money, you know? And um, so everything is going great right now. Um, we've definitely made some adjustments. So, like um Kieran Quinn, who did the art on Condry 4, which was our only 24 page comic, came out great. I mean, I loved I love the way it came out. Um, he also did the art on Legend of the Night Owl and he did the art on the job um we had to take him off of one book three books for one person is an insane amount of work the guy's about to get married um so we had to pivot um so i ended up taking him off of the job um and the guy that's doing renfield the dracula book steve Conjay, um him and i are in intense discussion for him to get on the job and to be the art the artist for the job um just because um, I really love the way he draws anatomy and wrestling is all anatomy. Right. You know, the moves, getting them, you know, so just like, I think he'll be perfect. And he, um, he sent me a picture of Dan Diero, like kind of like, like Rob Van Dam and he was just screwing around and I was just like, yep. That's so like work. I was already having conversations with my co-owner about like, I love Kieran. Like this whole journey for me in comics started because Kieran and I did Condry. Without Condry there is no Legacy Comics, you know. And um you know I had a conversation with Kieran and I'm like you're getting married and I'm like you nailed all three of these books. All three of these books look great. I'm like but you cannot continue to do three books. That's insane. You know, that's insane. And he's like I'll do it though. Like he's amazing. The guy's amazing, you know. And I was just like no, we need you alive. So I want you to so I really have a lot of faith in um Legend of the Night Owl. So it's just like I want like my top artist working on Condry and Night Out, And then Steve is so good. And Steve's going to do the job. Um, so that's what we're, we're, we're basically in sell mode now. We have two signings coming up, one on May 21st and one on May 28th. And then we're doing ZoloCon in Pennsylvania on July 23rd and July 24th. So my whole goal is to get rid of all of our comics by then. And then um, our next run of comics is going to be coming out probably the end of July and one of those is going to be Godfo universe you know um 0 and I'm super proud of that team so um Joshua Adams who was introduced to me by a certain strapping bearded man um I don't know I forgot his name A lot a lot of, lot, lot of options name? here
3: <laughs> you know
4: you know no but daryl made an amazing connection and um Joshua Adams is an amazing artist and um he did uh there's a, there's a character in Condry named Sarita and she's kind of like a sidekick, but she's an ass kicker all by herself. And I wanted to tell more of her backstory through a one shot. And um, I wanted to bring in another artist because I don't, I didn't want like, again, Kieran was already doing three books. So I'm like, I want to bring in another artist. And that's the thing as a writer, you want to work with as many artists as possible because you want to have creative juices flowing with as many different people as possible. So um, to me, a great penciler, can draw a script, a 24 page script in like a week or two. And Josh not only penciled it, he penciled it, inked it and colored it in like three weeks. So I looked at that and I'm like, this is somebody that like I can have a successful financial relationship with. Then on top of it, I get along beautifully with people from the South. I love people from down South because they don't play games. They tell you straight up like, and Josh is just like, well, I don't like this page. Why don't we do this blah, blah blah and then I'm just like why don't we do this? And he goes, "Well, that's different from what you have here." I'm like, "Yeah, but now you just got me thinking." and we just had this really cool synergy going back and forth. And he added like this splash page that wasn't originally in there, but we we modified the script a little bit. We had this great back and forth. So, after that was over, I was he was just like from day 1 pitching me Godfo and um I met Dan and we had a nice zoom call and dan is a super nice guy and we were just like yeah let's do let's do an ashcan together and let's see if um let's see if we have something here because i mean uh josh and dan's end goal is to do a really sexy graphic novel series and i would love love to publish a graphic novel i would love to you know it just we've got to make sure that like people want it so that's why originally they were like oh let's do let's do the graphic novel blah, blah, blah. and i was like Why don't we tease this first? And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I actually, what, what, what Daryl just explained when he read the job that like it ends and you're just like, no, 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 wait, what? That's it. Come on, come on, come on. So like, so when the job one comes out, Daryl's going to be like, that ash can was really cool. It was well-written. It it looked good. And then you're going to jump into one. So this is the thing too, in comics, issue number two usually sells like half as much as issue number one because people buy number one because it's the number one Yep. and people buy issue two because they're invested and they want to stay in, you know? So I'm sure there's comics that you guys have in your collection where you're not a fan of the series, but you have the number one because it's the number one. That's correct. So, so my whole thing is, it's just like, I love breaking things. I love like blowing shit up in Deus Ex until the map explodes. I love getting to the corner of the map on Fallout three and you can't go anymore, even though it looks like you can continue walking. So it's just like for me, I said to myself and I said to my business partner, John Spadesi, I'm like, how do we break that issue two curse? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, what if our issue two is really like issue three? And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we'll do issue zeros for every single comic and issue zero will only be six pages. And it'll be like a really like sneak peek into the series. If it doesn't sell, it's only a six page comic. So publication costs will be significantly less. So it's low risk. It's high reward. So issue number one is really like issue number two and issue two is really like issue number three and so on. And he's like, he goes, you're insane. I'm like, "Mm-hmm, yep. You know? And, um, it worked for Condry. It hooked people for Condry. Um, and I really think like moving forward it's definitely going to work for the job. I think the job is going to have a really good built in audience, especially considering like, uh, my background in professional wrestling and then like the stuff with WrestleQuest Quest can only help the job too. Right. Um, you know, so, um, it's just, it's a way also to, um, working with people creatively is never easy. And it's just like being like, I'm editor in chief of the company. I'm like the daddy, like everyone comes to me literally like right before this podcast started, um, Steve Condre, the, the man that did the art on Ren, Renfield called me and I had just shut down the call and I'm like, I'm on a podcast. He's like, oh, he's like, I'm sorry. But it's just like, um, John Swadesi, he's our, our chief creative officer, he's like in charge of all the art, but the artists will come to me because it's just like when you're the editor in chief, you're like the daddy. So the thing is, it's just like you have to maintain these relationships with all of these people and doing a 24 page book with somebody is a big financial risk. But then at the same time too, there's so many like creative differences that can occur. So if you do a six page book with somebody first, and you can get along with them and not want to strangle them, then you know, you've got somebody that's good that you can do business with. So like every single person that we're working with right now on legacy, like gets it, you know, they understand that like, um, there's not a ton of money to be made in the beginning and that like, we all have to hustle and really like sell our books. Um, and like when we all sell our books then we all benefit and stuff. And it was so funny because it's like last night I'm going through like all of our sales and it's like, the difference between like our lowest performing comic and our highest selling comic is like five issues. So it's just like, there's like this real like parody on Amazon. It's just like everything is sold like the same amount. And like, it's not like on Kickstarter when we were bundling everything together on Kickstarter, everything's individual. And, you know, obviously internally, I have conversations with, with John, um, and with the other team members where we think maybe one book is stronger than another, or we think one book might perform better than another. It's pretty even, you know, it's like having, it's like having an entire baseball team of like 285 hitters. You don't have like the 300 hitter, but like everyone, no one's hitting 250, no one's hitting 240, you know, it's like, it's like having a basketball team full of people that get double doubles, you know, like, it's like, wow, it's, it's like great parody right now. And I think that's just a testament to, to one, how hard everyone's working, but then it's just like every day I'm, I'm publicizing everyone's work, you know, um, so that's kind of like where we're at right now. We have, um, we have like five ongoing series and then we just signed another, the other team that I just talked about. And, uh, then we're going to have the Sarita one shot this summer. And, um, we're actually prepping legend of the night owl one, uh, for release at the end of the summer too. We're going to have, uh, we might have some big announcements on the, uh, the, the availability of that book, because again, um, we're never going to be in a situation where we're going to print thousands of books. We're not Marvel. We're not DC. So my thing is always like, how do we make the book exclusive, but then make it exclusive enough that like people actually want it because a lot of smaller companies will print, you know, copies of books, but no one wants them. So my whole thing is like, how do I create buzz around the book that isn't going to have a thousand, but then actually have people want them. It's like, it's, it's super hard. It's like a nonstop thought process that goes into like every single action, you know, um, that was a really long winded answer to your question. I
2: no, that was, that was perfect. Everything. That's, that's what I wanted. Cause, uh, so many things that you said, like I had follow-ups for and you nailed them. Um, I, I had, I. so Josh and I years ago, a couple of years ago, we started a podcast called the loop bros comic mm-hmm. cast where we get together and we would just kind of cover certain series, things like that. And then uh the busier he got and the busier I got, we kind of went away from it. And then now we've brought it back. So we did a com- we had a conversation about Godfoe um two weeks ago. That's live now. Uh and he said mm-hmm. the same thing. Cause I asked him, I was like, How is it working with Patrick? I mean, like my interactions with you have been great. It's been awesome. And I was like, How is it working with the guy? Because you know, you don't know somebody until you mm-hmm until you A marry him or B work with them. And sometimes yeah. you have to see both those sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and he said the same thing. He said, "You guys get along great, y'all work really well together, the way you're riffing on each other and uh, coming up with ideas. And he told the splash page story as well, you know, and so it was, uh, it was cool, man, and I, I got a lot of respect for that dude as a friend of his. You know, we played music together, not in bands together, but like tangentially, like at the same time frame. And then we ran the same circles, but we never really hung out. And it wasn't until I started hiring him to do um, stuff for my band and for the podcast that we really started, you know, like hanging, you know, sometimes actually hanging out, and then doing a lot of stuff together, uh, creative wise. And he's a great dude. I I can't say enough nice things about him. And I think I just knew, man. I was like, man, if if I if I could get you two together, that like you hit it off. And it was just because you were so kind and so easy and accessible in messages, and this dude's work ethic is so good. I'm like, you know, if you guys could just meet, I I, I don't know. It, it worked out. It worked out really well, and he's a great no, dude. No, worked you know, out
4: beautifully. Just, like, and I'll always be thankful for you man. because I feel like that Sarita book um, is is probably one of the best things that I've ever written. So, um, like, as far as fiction goes, so the fact that you. Put that together. I mean, oh, you, I mean,
2: I didn't do anything. I just, I was just like letting two people talk. Uh, you guys did it all, I and mean, y'all's work is what did it. And it's so cool because you sit, you know, you post on social media the little pictures, and uh and, and it's so funny because you give me teasers and he doesn't. And me mean, him and friends a lot longer. So I'm like, how how mm-hmm. how, how are you guys both so tight lip
4: but then like he's a little bit tighter, you know? You know, but uh-huh. you've been posting stuff on social media, and it looks so good. I'm That's excited. Too, like I'm trying to teach them now. Like how to how to market their product, you know. Absolutely. Um, and that's like that's a, such another funny thing because like when we did when we were working on the Sarita book together, he knew that like I was going to handle all of that stuff. Right. Like I was going to be the promoter, and I was going to you know I was going to put the book in front of as many people as possible. But you now now I'm explaining to him and Dan like this is the way you have to run your Instagram. This is the way you have to run your Facebook. That this is what we're going to do on our end, but this is what you have to do and blah blah blah. Right. blah. And it just. It's it's wild, and I'm sure over the past couple of days they've been like, man, Pat does not fuck around, and Pat, like, <laughs> Pat is very methodical and stuff like that. But it's just like you that's gotta the way be. you got to be. That's the way you have to be, you know. If, and I know you, Josh gets it.
2: If you guys won't sell your own book, who's gonna sell? It? You know, people ain't gonna do it yeah. for you. So. Yeah. Um, so I, I went ahead, and I know the pre order is now live for everybody for the Godfoe, um universe, Apollyon twenty XX, the first book. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. pre ordered three copies of it. I was like, I gotta That'd have you guys sign one. I gotta have one framed, um, and then I gotta have one that I can read. And uh, and I was like, you know what? I might go back for more. But I was uh, he sent me the link for the friends and family link. You know, so I mm-hmm. jumped on there, and uh, so definitely we'll have. All that stuff circulating in the Loot Roast podcast groups, discords, all of our social stuff. We'll get behind it and push it. You know, I'll you. I'll constantly be telling people,
4: hey, these are our boys. You got to check them out. So. so this is the thing, too, that I have to say about this book. The reason one of the reasons why I wanted to add this book into our catalog. And it's just like I have to say I have to make a wrestling reference here that like running this company. I totally feel like Paul Heyman in like 1994, <laughs> Like, I totally feel that way. Um, where it's just like I find artists and writers that like may have submitted to Dark Horse and Image and didn't get answers, or somebody like Josh who just net, was super talented and never submitted anywhere and kind of give them the platform that they deserve. Um so Josh's work on Sarita, if you guys haven't seen it, it's all over our social media, it's all over That's our website and stuff. We're still we're still fantastic. teasing it. It's awesome. It's great. Um so it's just like for that reason alone, I had to give him a shot. But then when you guys see this ash can it's kind of like it's a marriage of like really gritty comic book noir and like manga in a way that like if if you stay up late and watch um Adult Swim, you'll totally be a fan of this stuff, but it's just like it it a lot of that stuff for me comes off a little wacky sometimes like it's not really like based in like any type of like reality, like you have to super suspend your disbelief to enjoy it. Right. And the thing that I like about this is like, it hooks you in enough that like you go, I know this isn't happening, but it'd be really, really cool if it did. And it looks different than our other comics, but the quality of the art is fantastic. Dan's writing is super solid on it. Um, it was just a no brainer to bring it in. And, um, We've gotten a lot of pre-orders so far, so I'm going to tell people this right now um you guys need if you want this book you should pre-order it. You should absolutely pre-order it. Um so it's not going to the Ashcan is not going to be uh around very long. The way yeah. things are right now they're they're going fast and like that's I tried to explain to to Josh and Dan that like so what we did day 1 is like I just sent out you know, social media all over the place. And, and Dan and Josh were like, well, how do you think it performed? And I'm like, well, if we did bad, it got out to like 50,000 people. If it did bad. And I'm like, but if like we got retweets and stuff, I'm like, we're talking like it got out to like a whole bunch of people. And then um, then the next day we did the pre-order and stuff like that. So it's just like there's like this this rolling. It's like if you've ever played Animal Crossing before, you see the snowball, you kick it. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm like, that's what we're doing here. So it's just like no one knows who you are we send out a blurb, a press release, we light up our social media, we start kicking the snowball. So I'm like, so now the book, the book is largely finished, but it's not, it's not going to come out until like, you know, July. So we have plenty of time to kick that snowball around. So now it's just like, now we're in the process of like teaching Dan and Josh how to kick the snowball for themselves and then have me come and kick the snowball for them too. So we get a ton of momentum and stuff like that. It's just been it's a lot of fun. it's another side of like what I do, so it's just like people look at me as like a writer, an editor, a voice actor, and stuff. but I mean, I obviously have this background in public relations now and stuff like that, and I mean, for you know six years, I've been selling Minds Behind the games books, and selling a forty dollar book is a hard sell, you know, so but I've done pretty well at it, so like selling a five dollar comic book I mean that's a lot easier, especially yeah. when you have amazing stories being told and so um. That book is really something solid. Like, it's really, really cool. You know, to the point where it's just like, this is something that could totally be licensed out. Oh, as a absolutely! Game, as a film, as an anime, action the whole figures. the
2: like, whole concept of the Godfo universe is just so good. And I'm right? not just saying that because we're friends. Like because he didn't even really explain it to me until we did a podcast yeah. together two weeks ago. And he's been working on this for 10 years. Yeah. Both those guys. Yes. And when he explained yeah. it to me, I was like, bro, like when you say Godfo, I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's got the word God in it. It's whatever. <laughs> you yeah. know? But then when he explained what Godfo was, I was like, dude, that is awesome. So yeah, totally. Match made in heaven, you guys. I just wish you all the best success. You guys are going to be great. You'll thank at least, you. if nothing else, you'll have one cheerleader right here buying all the stuff, you. pre-ordering the books. Um, you know, uh, Patrick, thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and talk with us, man. Um, yeah, man. I know, I know you got you know little ones you're dealing with, sick ones. you know, you got the wife on duty, all that good stuff, man. We just the fact that you've given us over an hour of your time is a big deal. So I definitely, we we definitely appreciate. It. We were totally stoked and looking forward to doing this.
4: 110%. Thank you guys. It means a lot. Um, if you guys have any other questions, like just throw them at me, I'm I'm down. You, you guys got anything
2: else you want to add before we get out of here?
0: I don't know. You guys want to talk a little wrestling real quick? We can talk sure. wrestling. I mean, I mean, I know today is a special day for me. I mean, it's Owen Hart's birthday. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. So yep, rest I in actually, peace, uh, rest in peace, Owen.
1: When you when you when you were talking about Jeff Jarrett, it kind of kind of resonated because Jeff Jarrett was actually supposed to wrestle with Owen the day he died.
0: Dude, that promo and, and, he cut on that Monday Night Raw, I cried it, so I, hard, I, I, man.
1: I watched it. Uh, I watched it back um, since they're going through the Owen Hart Foundation tournament right now, and that episode was rough. Like you could tell, like Jim Ross didn't, like couldn't. He he could he couldn't have the words. He just didn't have the words just to, to say um, after that. And Matt Hardy had a lot of kind words to say as well. Um, I listened to him speak about it. and It was, he, he, he definitely was taken too early. I, I, I would love to see where he would be today for sure.
4: There's so many like what ifs. Like a, a big thing with me is like I could totally have seen Vince put the world title on Owen just as kind of like a slap in the face to Brett, you know? Yeah. Like just, but then this is the thing though too like Owen was good enough to be world heavyweight champion. Uh, you know, the best he had won every had it, other man. title. He, he he had won every other title that the, he had. He grabbed that brass ring a bunch of times. You know, um, I, and he uh, had done the job for the company several times too. You know, so it's like he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have been Blue Blazer. Like no, th- that gimmick that shouldn't have happened. Apparently, you know? that was going but, um, away
0: right after he was supposed to win the title that night, and then it, the blue yeah. the Blue Blazer gimmick was supposed to get away, and then apparently yep. he was supposed to get a shot at the title at SummerSlam. That was the rumors. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the biggest travesty is that they never followed through at WrestleMania 10. Like it never really followed through after like mm-hmm. there should have been more to that feud. Owen should have won the title at SummerSlam that year. It it should have, it should have been his time and it never was. And it's kind of sad. Like as, a, as a huge Owen Hart fan, I mean, I've said some pretty bad things about Martha and I regret it to this day. And if I ever met her, I would tell her the truth that I said some pretty bad things about you. But I respect the lady. I read her book, and mm-hmm. God bless her for what she has. She had to
4: go through in her life, and oh yeah,
0: if, yeah. I, I mean, don't know. if
4: you just watch the dark side of the ring, I cried, moment, man. I, you know, like and that's I, probably only a quarter of the story. My wife you know? watched so. me
0: cry as she pulled the cannabiner out of the friggin' bag that he felt mm-hmm. that broke. I was yeah. like, I was like, oh my god, like, and that that was one of the the best documentary things I've ever seen on wrestling, like ever, like that episode was just so well handled and so well done. And they did such an amazing job of putting that whole thing together. And they've done a million episodes. They've done what, like 20 something episodes at this point. And they're doing more. I think they're working on the new season now, but they're being kind of hush hush about it. And that's why people thought the show was canceled and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah. I just can't believe how amazing a wrestler he was, and how ahead of his time oh, yeah. he was. Like just how acrobatic Absolutely. he was, and how he would have fit so well with that next generation that was just about to break through. Like, imagine if he would have gotten the ring with like a Rob Van Dam. Like, just imagine that match.
1: The, oh, yeah, yeah. The, big, the biggest problem with that is, is and and they even said it in uh, is he 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 wasn't trying to do it for the long haul. No, he's going to yeah, he be was a fire trying dude. to get out too. Yeah, yeah he wanted to be he, a fireman he, or something. He, he wanted yeah, to, yeah he want, and he wanted to spend more time with his family. He, uh, from from everything I've heard from everyone, he was like the biggest family man. He was like, in the in the time back then when it was drugs and drugs and alcohol and partying, uh, he was like the straightest one. So and, and, this is and, the
4: thing too to, to tie oh, back man. into Russell Quest. Um, some of the storylines in Russell Quest are totally going to mirror some of the things that we're talking about right now. There are going to be wrestlers that are going to be like, man, I just want to go home. You know, I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, it's just, it's going to encapsulate like the the best and worst of, of the industry. And that's why, like when I'm saying before, like how special Zach Manko's writing is on this, like all of you guys are all hype now because of the 30 licensed characters of the RPG, uh, you know, combat system and stuff. But man, if you play an RPG and you don't get a little teary, if you don't get a little pissed off, then they did it wrong. And there are going to be several moments over the course of this game where you're just going to be like, man, that hit me super hard. You know? So the way like you guys are talking now about Owen, there's going to be several moments in this game where you're just going to be like, man, that got to me. I just think, I just think it's in this game.
0: I just think it's crazy. Like thinking like it's going to encapsulate one of the greatest, it it seems like it's going to encapsulate one of the two greatest areas of wrestling, which are like. The golden era of wrestling from the, uh, the mid '80s and early '80s to the new generation era, which yep. a lot of people bag on the new generation era, but it's one of my favorite eras because it's what I grew up on, and it had yeah. characters, and I think that's what made the new generation different from most anything WWE's ever done since. Like the characters were just through the roof, like, and it, yeah. it was the breeding point for the Attitude Era. It all started in New Generation. <laughs> Like sure. all those guys no, that I never agree. got a shot because they were under the foot of Hogan or under the foot of like Bret Hart that finally started to move through the chain. It's just and like you were saying a lot of like what if scenarios like there's a lot of crazy ones, like even with Owen Hart, Plans. like what if Stonehold never got dropped on his neck? I I, I honestly, to God, to God's honest truth, if Stonehold would have never got dropped on his neck, he never would have became a brawler and he never would have had the career he had because he never would have reached the heights he had if he didn't wrestle the style that he wrestled
4: i think i mean in terms of like what if i I, one of the ones that always comes back to me is like brian pillman like what if brian pillman never gets in that car accident because i mean this is like one of the greatest like minds in professional wrestling and he was just like one of the coolest oh you know um there's so many of them like what if What if WCW is actually bought by Bischoff? Because, I mean, that was what they were trying to do. He tried so hard. WCW got that second life, (laughs) you know? Um, There'd be no AEW. Yeah. There'd be no TNA. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I don't don't know about you guys, but I don't want to live in a world where 2002 to 2009
3: TNA does not exist. That was so good. The X
4: Division stuff. Like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Christopher yes. Daniels, Christopher Saban, Alex Shelley, Austin Aries. I mean, the list goes on so and good. on and on and on. Like so good. I stand by it. Go ahead. By,
2: go ahead. Uh, uh, sorry, Joe. I stand no, by the ahead. fact that AJ Styles and Kurt Angle's best of three match on a oh, random man. Impact was better than most of what we get these days. Those, I, uh, oh yeah. 100%. There was a point in time where Impact would give me chill bumps. I would, I would just yep. be like the wrestling and the storytelling was so good
4: and you would have iron man matches between aj and christopher daniels yes Samoa joe and angle like oh people people need to
0: people sleep on impact now i actually think it's really good yeah yeah, yeah, they're doing a
1: really great job um an era i really enjoyed of impact and we were just uh kind of piggybacking off of what you said about how much you like cinematic wrestling and stuff like that was was when matt hardy became big money matt hardy for the first time and then became broken matt hardy broken matt. like yes. and, 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 and and i just i listened to that whole so series mean. i listened to him talk about it and i just rewatched everything and i was like why why don't we get more of this and and then we saw wwe turn undertaker's like last match into a cinematic match and it just wasn't the same yeah, because well, because the know. producer
4: was the producer wasn't Keith Mitchell, and Ke- Keith Mitchell is retired now, so is you'll he, never see anything is, quite like that anymore. Is he retired, or is he going to AEW? Because no, he worked for AEW for the first like two and a half years that they were in business. He just retired from AEW. Oh, he did. AEW. Okay,
0: that's why I thought he worked yeah. for AEW. I thought that's where he went. He mm-hmm. went to AEW, right? But yeah, he, he definitely... started in
4: world class, world class championship wrestling. Then he went to WCW. Then he went to um N W A T N A and then he went to AEW. So forty years in wrestling and like never in WWE. You know, it's just but some of the best shot matches, like oh I mean
1: Hundred
4: ten
2: percent. So can can I just say that where we're at in wrestling right now is very exciting. To where you have the Ring of Honor, Impact, AEW championship belt showing up at different promotions, including WWE. Mickey James showing up with the Impact Women's Championship. The fact they did that, and then now you got this AEW opening the Forbidden Door, bringing in New Japan wrestling. Like there Mm -hmm. was a point in time where we were like, "Yeah, we'll never get this," and here we are. We are
4: here. It's a pretty incredible time to be a wrestling fan. Absolutely. And, and for me, it's just like it's a fusion of all of these things that we love. And that's why it's just like one of the biggest things during PAX where people were like, um, why do you think this game was never created before? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm sure happy that it exists now. You know, so it's that's just right. like you're, we're having things now, like you said, like the Impact Champion showing up on you know WWE and stuff and this is stuff that should have happened a long time ago and see the thing is it used to happen a lot of the times like the IWGP champion used to yep. show up on Nitro all the time you know like in the NWA back in the day you would have Rick Flair showing up as NWA champion yep. in all of these promotions but then it's just like everyone got so used to the, the way the WWE did things that they forgot that things like this used to happen you yeah, know, I don't mean, know. used to bring time, people in Yes. Yeah. When they, used to, when they had Smoky Mountain invade, when they had NWA invade, mm-hmm. when they had all sorts of, when they had ECW do their first invasion that no one remembers anymore. That's amazing. You know, um, you know and you had Ric Flair walking out with the big green belt, uh, the big gold belt. I'm sorry. Imagine the big green belt. The big no. gold belt, you know. In, that, uh, that gold belt
2: was so good. That was a good one. Yeah, What's it going to take to get another WWF No Mercy? What's it going to take to get we'll another see. game like that? So it this year. is the thing.
4: Um, I'll tell you guys a quick story before I go. Um, this is actually, part of this story is in my next book. Um, well, not my next book. It's going to be my seventh book, The Minds Behind the PlayStation 2 games, um, where um, I interviewed the producer of Def Jam Vendetta. Oh. Um, oh. De- oh. Def Jam so- Vendetta was supposed to be a WCW game. Um, What happened was after after no mercy yes, after no mercy, the Nintendo sixty four is like, you know, on its last leg, blah blah blah. And but what happens is EA had the rights to WCW games, and the developer that did the first two games, Kodiak Interactive, did WCW Mayhem, which sold over a million copies. Yes, but it sold over a million copies, so it made money. So then for some reason though, instead of building off of that first and so this is the thing too. Um Every first game in a series is never perfect. The gameplay engines need to be fine tuned and stuff. If a game gets to like three, like, you know, um, WCW mayhem three, and they haven't found like the secret sauce yet, then, then we can say that it sucks. But like every first game in a series usually is not anywhere near as polished as it should be. So anyway, um, the Aki team has WCW versus the world on PlayStation, which is the father of all of these games. Um. Then they have the Virtual Pro Wrestling 1 and 2 on the mm-hmm. Nintendo 64, which turns into WCW versus NWO World Tour, WCW Revenge, WWF uh, WrestleMania 2000, and then No Mercy. So then what happens is, um, for some reason, um, WWE goes with Ukes to develop their games. So now, Aki doesn't have a company to work with, but they have this amazing gameplay engine. So now EA signs with Aki to do a WCW game. There's a couple of, if you really hunt, you can find the video game magazines that say new WCW game being made by Aki. It's like basically the sequel to revenge. Okay. Um, and it's supposed to be for like GameCube, PS2, the whole nine yards. What happens during this entire process is WCW goes out of business. So now EA has a contract with Aki to do one game with them. They're basically like, what the hell are we going to do? There's no WCW. Acclaim has like the legends of wrestling thing down. They're like, what the hell are we going to do? So then a young producer is like, well, we have um, this license with Def Jam music. Like, what if we do like a fighting game with all of these hip hop characters and stuff like that? So this poor producer had to like basically go to all of these rappers houses and say, can we use your likeness in the game? So there's like actually one story where like one of the assistant producers goes to like DMX's house and is like, listen, we want to put you in the game. And DMX is like, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to let my pit bulls out. And if you like don't flinch, if you can handle my two pit bulls then you can be in, then you can put me in the game. And it was just like these poor producers had to go through so much stuff to get like in like to get all of these guys in the game. That's one side of the story. So some people were super easy to work with, like Snoop Dogg, super easy to work with. You know, he understood he knows his brand would be be perfect for the game. Some of these other rappers were incredibly difficult to work with. So that's one side of the story. The other side of the story is like Aki is basically like we're saving your ass because you're going to use our gameplay engine to make this without our gameplay engine. You don't really have a game. We're going to make the Def Jam characters like come alive in the game because we're going to use this engine that we've made some of the most successful wrestling games of all time. So you're going to be nice. And EA is kind of like, well, we're EA. So you're going to make the game that we want. So now you have this back and forth between EA and Aki over and over and over again. So now you have a language barrier, you have a time barrier, and then for some reason, Aki refused pretty much the entire development process to acknowledge the fact that there were ever any bugs in their game ever at any time. So now every time EA would play the game, they would be like, um listen, there's like a fro- there's like a freeze here, like there's a clipped animation, we need to fix this. And they're like, no, 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 that's not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, like that's not a, that's supposed to be like that, blah, 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 And EA's like, no, there's a bug in the game. We need to fix it. Like this is a part of like a normal development cycle, you know? So then EA had to fly like another producer to Japan to work with Aki to make sure that they got the game in on time. And this guy was basically getting locked out of the building because they didn't want him in there. And it was just like what a disaster. So if you talk to like the EA people, they're like, "Yeah, Def Jam sold well, but we're not like really proud of it. We don't care about it." And then, but the game did well enough that they had to do Fight for New York, and Fight for New York is considered to be another like gem that people love. But the the team at EA were like, "Yeah, I love that game." Um, but the people at EA were basically like, "Um, we're done with Aki after this. We do not want to work with them anymore." And that's why the PS3 um, Def Jam is produced by, I'm pretty sure Digital Dreams Entertainment does it. That's Michael Menheim's uh, publisher. And that's the guy that did Mutant League Football, Mutant League Hockey, and stuff like that. Because they just wanted they wanted to get rid of, they wanted to get away from Aki. So now um, Aki has probably changed their name so many times. So the average person like has a hard time finding out who they are. So they were originally called the Man Breeze. Then they changed their name to Asmic Ace. Then they were Aki. And now I'm pretty sure they're Sin Sophia, but they may have changed their name again but they haven't done like a wrestling game in a really long time. But the fact of the matter is, man, that like the last WCW game was backstage assault. Ugh, and it could have been, it could have been made by the same people that made revenge. And a lot of people don't know this, but revenge is the best selling Nintendo 64 wrestling game of all time. It actually outsold no mercy, you know? And one of the reasons for that, and this is the last thing I'll tell you guys before I bounce. Um, the first 50,000 or so copies of No Mercy, I own one of them, um, did not have a battery inside. So what does that tell you? What couldn't you do in the game? Couldn't save. Couldn't save. So a lot of people just returned their game, um, didn't get another one, and then told all their friends that the game wouldn't save. So like, No Mercy is like one of the greatest wrestling games of all time. But like, since that initial print run had that issue... A lot of people didn't go back and buy another copy, so that hurt its overall sales. When it's a far better game than Revenge and you know WrestleMania 2000. So, if you want to read more of those stories, then read "The Minds Behind the Games" by Patrick Eke Jr. So, but that's you
2: know <laughs> that, is no there. So, that is awesome, so yeah. awesome. Oh, Patrick, you're the freaking man, dude. Thank you for this. I try. I try. But- Thank you. Thank the you. guys were really hoping we could get a little wrestling talk. And I was like, man, we got to be careful with this time, dude. He's got a lot going on. Let's- <laughs> so
4: I'm glad we we're able to do that. I'm happy I if I, I, I hope I like gave you your wrestling and wrestling game fix if i didn't then we'll have to talk again another time oh you know and what you guys we're gonna have to talk again you guys can message me weeks. whenever you want that's yeah. right i'm gonna i'm gonna call it then. <laughs> we're gonna have to talk
2: again Zach. you're right that's right didn't yeah, quite get yeah. my fix sure. so. awesome well patrick we'll be posting all your socials links to legacy links to all your stuff in the in the show notes the bio thank you again for your time thank you joe thank you zach um appreciate you guys salute bros podcast and we're out of here alright everybody we hope you enjoyed that conversation with Patrick he was awesome having him on cool dude love love it absolutely great stuff so uh, as per usual I like to end the show with a song this one is the theme song to my 2236 survival horror podcast this song is called It's Safe uh, this one was a Resident Evil inspired song that I wrote with my side project RPD resurrection pending death so here you go